You can kick your fancy ales, you can drink them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another long-awaited episode of the Green Dragon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I have here with me today, Kylie. Hello, hello. And Jeremy. Hello, Matt. It's good to hear the uh, welcome to the Green Dragon from someone that's not me. It's it's good. Thanks for coming on. It's been a little while. Yeah, yeah. I'm keen to uh, get stuck into some more in-depth, detailed analysis of some of these army lists. I'm very keen for this one in particular. Yeah, you hold out for the good content, don't you? I do. I, you know, it's it's kind of hard to get a hold of me sometimes, but like when when you float me the idea of uh, what we're talking about today, yeah, of course I'm going to join. Of course I'm going to talk about these guys. Oh, absolutely. And what is it we're talking about today, Matt? Well, today we've got the Corsairs of Umbar. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> a uh, potentially terrifying army list in the right hands. Uh, Kylie's hands are often the right ones. So I'll, I'll let her uh, maybe give a, a brief overview of the sort of things we're going to be seeing today. Have you ever heard of a little... It's not a very, you know, potent uh, weapon, but it's, it's pretty handy. Have you, have you ever heard of the throwing dagger? I, I don't believe I have, Kylie. Can you please describe oh. it to me? Well, I would like to present you the army of the throwing weapon. The throwing weapon masters. The piece de resistance with throwing... If you want... The best throwing weapons in the game. This is the spot you want. These are the boys. This is the these are the guys you want. These are the guys you want because the Corsairs of Umbar are the best throwing weapon army in the game. I don't care who else wants to try and you know argue with me about it. I I will I will argue till the cows come home. They are the best throwing weapon army in the game. I don't care who you say can outshoot them. Elves can't do it. Wood elves can't do it. Rohan can't do it. These guys are not even grim hammers. <laughs> no, no one, no one, no one can a throwing weapon a corsair. Keep your Noldor exiles. Keep your Rohirrim throwing spears. We don't need them. We've got corsairs, isn't that right, Kylie? Exactly, because corsairs can do one thing that these guys can't, and that's shooting into combat. And that is going to come up a lot in this particular podcast today. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a great ride. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's very true. I was just thinking about ruffians with whips might be able to give you a bit of a run for your money, but maybe not. Big call. (laughs) No, I I agree with you, Kylie. This is an army that that the throwing weapons just really shine in. And and to be honest, it's got like that as a strength, but it's got a lot of other strengths as well. It's it's an army that Mm. maybe for someone first playing it might be a little bit tricky to, to get their head around. But I think once you do, you've got all the tools you need to be successful in this army. So it's an exciting one. Do you guys go really for the the pirate? theme of it or do you go more of it something else because i know that people really try to push that sometimes it's pirate all the way it's the corsair keyword honestly all the way all you ever need in this list is is all the stuff with the corsair keyword and you know maybe a couple of uh things that pretend to be corsairs that really are corsairs but you know people say they're not technically corsairs but you know they're close enough to being corsairs that they are corsairs I meant more just like the sort of the Treasure Island, Robert Louis Stevenson type feel where they're all saying R oh. all the time and drinking rum and uh, doing yeah, that. Yeah, I, I do love seeing, uh, I've seen some very creative conversions, uh, lots of parrots, lots of eye patches, lots of peg legs. I've even seen the Goblin King done up as a pirate and thrown into a Corsair army, which is questionable, but uh, at least they put some effort in. Uh, <laughs> I, I love playing up the pirate aspect of it. Yahaha, ha, shiver me timbers all the way. 
I always thought there were a bit more like Pirates of the Caribbean S type pirates, you know, will absolutely gut you if you get in their way. Yeah, so I haven't really got that as much. Like, I think the more is like Dunland with ships and good equipment. So it, it feels more like that's that's. I don't know. I don't get the I don't get the um the pirate vibe as much. But I understand they've got ships. But I just um it's I never envisioned that. But I know that some people really like that and try to go for the peg legs and the the parrots on the shoulder and the the hook for every limb they could possibly have. Is there an army you can't compare to Dunland, though, Jeremy? No, no. <laughs> you watch me, Matt. <laughs> That's one of our Green Dragon uh, bingo cards, isn't it? The- correct, correct. <laughs> Mentioning of Dunland and or <laughs> whether they need spears or not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Shall we get straight into our first segment? Yes, 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 yes. Know thine enemy. Corsairs of Umbar The coastal city of Umbar is a squalid mass of humanity. Its dark alleyways and shadowy docksides playing host to treacherous and unsavoury dealings. Those that dwell amid Umbar's destitution care little for the lives of others, concerned only with grasping at a greater share. Corruption runs rife within the city, with almost all the city's politics taking place in the shadows and dark places. It is whispered that the lords and the figureheads who, on the surface, seem to run the city, are firmly in the pocket of the Hashari, the ancient order that now bends Umbar to its own unknown dark purposes. The fleets of Umbar are feared in the coastal towns the length of Middle-earth, for the corsairs that man the great black-sailed ships are among the most accomplished seamen and cruelest villains of the Third Age. Sailing up the coasts of Gondor, plundering villages and sacking cities, they take whatever they desire from the settlements they attack, the huge black-sailed boats groaning with riches, and their bow wave presaged by the miserable cries of the slaves that are crammed into their bowels. Should a city prove to be more difficult than the unprotected coastal settlements the Corsairs prefer to attack, they will unleash the broken-minded reavers upon their foes. Under the commanding bellows of the Corsair bosuns, the Corsair reavers are driven into a mad frenzy, slashing at anything that lays in their path and leaving mangled corpses in their wake. More than once this has turned out to be their own crew members, not that the reavers would notice, and even if they did, they would likely not care. Those that command the Corsair fleets are cunning and ruthless seamen, former crew members who successfully led a mutiny upon their unfortunate predecessor when they showed but a moment of weakness. Because of this, a captain must remain strong. There are always more ambitious crew longing to become the captain of their own ship so that they can claim the wealth that goes with the rank. At the first sign of rebellion, a captain must punish mutineers violently, ensuring the rest of their crew remain in fear of their rule. At the head of the fleets of Umbar stands a mysterious Delamere. This shadowy man was seemingly gifted the position of fleet master, a rarity within Umbar as positions are usually taken, not given. Yet he has held on to it with little competition, mainly due to the fact that those that challenge his leadership are swiftly dispatched in a whirl of flashing steel blades before they can even sense they are in danger. Whilst the past of the fleet's master is quietly debated in crew quarters and dockside taverns, many have at least cottoned on to the fact that Delamere was, and most likely still is, a high-ranking member of the Hashari. It is with this knowledge that Delamere's rule remains largely unchallenged, 
for few would ever knowingly go against the will of the Haradrim assassins. All right, let's let's get straight into it. With probably, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's their best hero. I think it's their best hero in the list. Oh, oh, yep. mm, mm. I think so. Just my opinion. Dalomir, Fleet Master uh, of Umbar. I'm going to go through the profile real quick, and then both of you... Uh, well, I mean, we've got to get through to the other heroes to decide if that's correct, but I genuinely believe this guy is one of the best heroes in the entire game. All right. He is 90 points, as I mentioned. He's a hero of legend. He can lead... Uh, what, how many? 18? 18 guys? 18 cool. other pirates. That's right. Uh, that's a lot of pirates. He is uh, regular old move six, fight five, three plus to shoot, strength four, defense four, three attacks, two wounds, courage four. So that is a Hasharan profile. And he also has two might, two will, and three fate. So despite his defense four, two wounds and three fate means he's reasonably survivable. Comes and, in at 3.5. So the, the yeah. Kylie rule of thumb is if your hero is over three, you're okay. Two might points handy. Two will will allow you to uh, survive some stuff. And uh, in terms of his war gear, he's got a sword, throwing daggers, and the very important smoke bombs, which is his signature move. These smoke bombs are a throwing weapon with a strength of one. Any model hit but not slain by these weapons must immediately expend a point of will or be subjected to the effects of the channeled, channeled version of the transfixed magical power. Very, very powerful. Really nullifies an enemy hero if they get hit by one of these things. Should, however, should he ever roll a one to hit with his smoke bombs, then his supply has run out and he cannot use them for the remainder of the game. So there, there is an element of risk when you throw them out. Yeah. Essentially, you should be using them if you're, you're going into a yeah. big hero. Yeah, it, should also, it should also be noted it says a roll of a one to hit. It doesn't say a natural one, so you can use a cheeky little might point to uh, get yourself out of dodge if you happen to roll that one on the smoke bomb here and you would like your smoke bombs further on in the game. Absolutely right. So even though you will still miss, at least you retain your smoke bombs. And I'd say majority of the time it's worth that my point. Well, I mean, depending on how long the game has left to go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, okay. It depends on your situation. Now, I will say one of the the biggest things that happened for Dalamir was the fact that you do not, when you're charging in, in the move phase, you retain your three plus to hit when you throw those smoke bombs in. That's yeah. massive. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely massive. That's so good for him. 66% of the time, he's getting running in, throwing a smoke bomb, and his opponent's just going to be dazed and confused. And with his three attacks and his strength four, and, of course, the Bane of Kings special rule, which he also has, which means he re-rolls everything to wound, he's going to be doing... Including the smoke bomb. Including the smoke bomb itself. Which is what? Strength one? Strength one. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You're going to be surprised how often you get the kill with that reroll on the Let's one. Just remember, it's a, it's a poison smoke bomb. Uh, yeah. Well, even just a wound on a big hero is massive as well. You never know when that might happen. But um, yes, poison smoke bomb. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's going to be taking out a lot of stuff. I've done some big damage with Hasharan before, and I know how crazy that is. So the smoke bomb into a big hero could potentially take him down, especially with a trap. Trap makes him so nasty. Oh, yes. He also has the Stalk Unseen special rule, which, as we know, is an elven uh, cloak-type dealie. Very handy for getting into combat without being taken down, basic Hasharan stuff. And the other Hasharan rule, which is preternatural agility. He can never be trapped whilst standing. This actually increases survivability quite a bit and is not to be sniffed at. I think 
if you're coming up against strength three stuff, the fact that they can't trap you when you're standing up, pretty massive, pretty big deal. Don't don't forget that one. That's a big rule. And very importantly, he has what I think are the two best, arguably, uh, heroic actions, heroic strike and heroic defense. Mm. So that heroic defense, again, huge survivability uh, potential. And the heroic strike allows him to get up over those really big heroes if you're fighting, I don't know, uh, a Balrog <laughs> and the smoke bombs aren't going to be doing too much. You can try and get up there. But, um, yeah, the strike, the strike again, big deal if, if you're missing those smoke bombs too, if the throw doesn't get off. Overall, just incredibly lethal. I, I think a really, really strong hero, especially for only 90 points. I think he's definitely worth a look at. Yeah, the the... the... The buffs he got uh, coming into the new edition uh, were very, very, very kind to Dalamir. Like, 10-point buff coming down from 100 points to 90, getting an extra point of might and will. And most importantly, I think this is the thing that everyone always kind of underestimates but don't see how potent it is, is the auto-passing your first standfast as a hero of legend. That is absolutely massive for Corsairs. Corsairs generally don't have extraordinarily high courage unless they're uh, teching in something like Knight of Umbar. Having this special rule is is an absolute godsend. It is literally straight up front an extra turn on the table. And just having that extra turn can can be the difference between winning a game and losing a game. Especially as the fact that you are Corsairs, you do want to be moving first, and therefore you do want to be taking that courage. You, you do want to be passing that first courage test. You may even be calling a heroic move at that point in the game. So uh, yeah, really important that um, you've got that ability to auto pass. I think he's probably the only thing in the list that can auto pass. Is that right? It's not the only thing in the list that can auto pass, but Reaver sort he... of sometimes. I think. Yeah. yeah. Let, let's yeah, let's just say that um, overall the Corsairs aren't particularly courageous, so it, it's really handy to have him in the yeah. list for that reason. Oh, huge, well. huge. Yeah. 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 Why is he a hero of legend? That that's oh, he's he just doesn't. It is a strange him. one. Yeah. yeah, it is a strange one because especially with some of the others that are not hero of legend, when you consider, uh, I believe Amdur is a hero of Valor. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's others that can come to mind, but um, yeah, technically Barmia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Gandalf. You know that it's a function of the lists as well. So it's not just, yeah. I don't think it's a good idea to compare Heroes of Legend and look at which ones are which because there's a pretty big disparity between some of them. Let's just say it's for mechanics purposes and I don't mind it for that reason. Okay, fine, fine. But I, I think <laughs> when I'm playing Corsairs, I absolutely love that he's a Hero of Legend. And, and that sneaky 18 models is is huge because sometimes you can go Hero Light in this army and be okay because they're ones where your troops do a huge amount of work. But he's... I don't know. Do you, do you take Corsairs without him? I don't think I tend to do. Kylie, do you ever go, go Corsairs without uh, Delamar? Uh, only if it's like Sorry, 250 points. Okay, baby uh, Corsairs. I, I, yeah, ba- baby lists, I, I will drop him for, say, a Dalgamire and a Captain of Dalgamire and a Boson. But yeah, pretty much nine times out of ten, actually, I'll go even further than that. 99 times out of 100, you will be taking Delamar. He's just Absolutely. so affordable. Even at low points, I reckon he's affordable and he does work. I think he's actually better at low points as well. Like he's, I mean, What's going to kill him at 250, 300 points? It's not a lot that's going to Exactly. At 90 points, such good value. Yep, yep, huge. I, I'll get into a bit more about how Delamere's like, playstyle and like how amazing this guy is uh, when we get into the Hasherans because 
how Hasherans and Dalamir function in the list, but they pretty much do the same thing in my eyes, and I'll, I'll get into that a bit later, but this guy has, has just, he is, he is the pivot point on your army, and he just does work. He's, he's, he's reliably good at doing some work, and the poison just, you can just crunch through anything with, with enough kind of brute force and ignorance. Like, you mm. stick him with a spear support and Dalamir and a bosun behind him, you'll, you'll pretty much walk through any kind of base combat line that, that you can throw it and save yeah. the and, and he will chop him down. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You do not want to lose a fight against a Hasharan. And that's that, that's been the case since all the way back in freaking third edition when, you know, we had the, the Return of the King rulebook. They are absolute monsters when they're on the offense. Yeah, absolutely. You might notice, just as an educational aside, the more you know, on the model, he's got a huge belt buckle. If you have a look at your book, uh, page 205, massive belt buckle on this guy. Did you know that pirates actually, or, or privateers or many sailors and captains, actually wore really big, heavy belt buckles because they actually didn't know how to swim and they viewed it as a way to a quicker death. They would actually uh, drown faster because the buckle would weigh them down. This is a true story. Instead of floating on the top of the sea for, uh, for ages and then eventually perishing. Yeah, there you go. They actually thought about that, I guess, when they created his model, which is really cool. So instead of getting swimming lessons, just wear some, some heavy bling. I like it. This is a true story, though. I absolutely uh, believe it. Historical fact. Some okay. facts with Matty. There you go. The more you know. And just before we move on, I just wanted to quickly look at the army bonus. The Corsairs are upon us. It is the last stroke of doom. Corsair models gain the Backstabbers yeah. special rule. Wow. Wow, wow, okay. wow. Backstabbers. Right. <laughs> I, have, I have opinions about this special rule. I have so, 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 so many opinions about this special rule. Now. You're not going to provide why? them, are you? <laughs> no, no, no. no I, I, need, I, need, I need the audience to understand how much I both hate and love this addition to the Corsair Army list. Now, yes, they did kind of nerf Corsairs in a weird way to the Reavers because, you know, everyone used to do the, you know, the Reaver shade you know, cheese combo. And then they kind of fixed that issue by making Reavers no longer be able to do that. I don't know why they thought that giving backstabbers to Corsairs when they already had plus panic through the Reavers. But, you know, that's what we got. And now... They are some of the most reliable killers and have the most reliable engage to take down enemy big things, just generally tough things, than any other army in the game. This, this honestly, the, this backstabbers rule is what propels Corsairs from being a good list to, in my opinion top two army in the game. Ooh, that's a big call. I, I, actually, I'm going to say it. They have the second best army in the game because of this special. Wow. So so what's the top one out of that? I, I know the listeners are going to be asking as well. What's what's better than the Corsairs offhand? Because you can't just leave us hanging like that. There's a second best army. Uh, Angmar. Angmar. Fair Maybe enough. That, that needed clarification. No, no, no. Just, but, just in case, just in case. Someone, someone. Yeah. This might be the first okay. episode. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, you know, Angmar. You know, if if you 
Yeah. Yeah, but... If you, you know that, that like, you knew she was going to say Angmar just then. Yeah, yeah if, if you knew me in any way, shape, or form, I was always going to say Angmar. But Corsairs are, like, a really close second. Like, an uncomfortably close second. That's mm. how good this special rule is. Now, let me let me paint a picture for you, ladies and gentlemen. Now, imagine you're in the second round of a tournament and you come up against a necromancer. Is it Andreas's? Uh, no. no Not was, wasn't a, one doesn't Andreas's necromancer. Okay. Uh, you come up against a necromancer and he is currently sitting at, you know, roughly 20 will points. And you look at that necromancer and you're like, they're pretty tough. He's defense eight. He has, you know, a butt ton of fate rolls. I'm not going to kill him in one turn. I know. I'll charge him with two Corsairs and trap him and just tie him up for a little bit. Maybe get some chip damage. Mm. And then imagine when suddenly those two Corsairs with spear supports turn around and slam eight wounds into this necromancer's face, bringing him down to two will in a single turn. Now, that's a ludicrous card. Models shouldn't be able to do that. No, no. They Models should not have plus two to wound with reroll ones. It, it's, it's disgusting. It's not fair. And it does ludicrous amounts of damage. So that is why the Corsairs are that good and why they're at the number two spot. Because they can literally kill anything. There, there is no army in the game that is safe against it. There is no tank line in the game that is safe. You've got Iron Hill Dwarves. You think that you can, you know, tank up and, and shield wall against Corsairs? Nah, you got nothing. They'll shred through you like a wet knife through hot <laughs> butter. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Kylie, I feel like we're going into the uh, the Nodine a little bit as well. Uh, so the, the keep it secret, I think. Keep it yeah, secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, we were in the Nodine. Right, yeah. Sorry, but I, I needed to get that up front. Oh, you got it up front. Whoa. <laughs> it, it needs to be up front because everything in the Corsair list will have this now. Every Corsair keyword model has this special rule, and you need to be thinking of that every single time you, you we talk about any of the models that we're about to talk about because it's an integral part of their kit. It's just an integral part of their profile now. It's it's it might not be written on the profiles physically, but it's there. It's and it's deadly. Okay. So it's just models with the Corsair keyword, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so not not the not the ghosty stuff. The, not anything wearing black. Pretty much. So all all the important stuff. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Not the not the extras that you might take if you're feeling nice to people. So speaking of that, I've got the next profile, which I want to go through. So this is the Knight of Umbar. It's the Wraith you get native to the list. So he's from Umbar, so he, he likes to come back and visit occasionally and, and watch the Corsairs backstabbing people and all kinds of fun stuff. So you've got a, a 120-point Wraith is pretty much always a hero of Valor. So Delamere is going to be taking leadership over him. He's the, the lieutenant. Uh, you've got standard Wraith profile, the, the Fight 5, the Strength of 4, Defense of 8, Courage 6, uh, two, two Might. 12 will, 2 fate, so pretty standard there. He's got the armor of the Sundered Land, which is uh, he only loses a point of will for a fight if he loses the fight, so just don't lose fights with him. And he's got heroic channeling as pretty much always. He gets your flying monster here. He gets your fell beast. So if you want to do the, the pirates and the dragon army, this is the way to do it. So you throw him on a fell beast. You can give him a horse if you want. Give him a mount if you feel like it. It's pretty good. Or put him on a ship and 
at him as a, a magic support character, whatever you feel like. Uh, Harbinger of Evil, Terror, Will of Evil, we've gone through those so many times. We know what they are. But the big one he's got is Combat Mimicry. So this is where at the start of the fight phase, before the actions are declared, so before strikes or anything silly like that, uh, you may spend a point of will to activate the ability. You can steal your opponent's uh, fight, strength, or attack, uh, So, but you don't have to take all of them. So you only take the ones that are better than you of his opponent instead of his own. So you have to be in base contact with them, but it means he can comfortably go up against really big stuff and take their best stats. And if you want to take just just the, uh, say, the strength, you can take that. If you want to take just the attacks, you can take that, or you can take them all. It doesn't really matter. It still only costs you the one will. So that's pretty good. His spells are standard rave spells, but um, a little bit tougher to cast. So drain courage on a 3+, plus, transfix a 4+, plus, compel 5+, plus, and still feel 5+. plus. I think that's the same. Sapwheel 5+, plus, and Black Dart 6+. Plus. So some of them are the same. Some of them are a bit tougher. Yeah, now we compared him to other wraiths in the uh, Mordor podcast, but in this instance, that's obviously not what we're really comparing him to. We're comparing to other hero options in the mm. Corsair list. So when we look at it that way, uh, he's a very nice option. He's a hero of Valor, so he's uh, leading 15 troops. He gives you that nice uh, negative one to courage, which is always good, especially if you're going to run some Black Numenorians. Uh, I'd say he's a really solid option in that instance. Mm. It's kind of funny how the Corsairs compare with the Black Numbs. We'll get more into that later, but yeah, look, he he's a Ringwraith. He's a strong hero. He gives you that spell casting, which otherwise the list is devoid of. I, I can see a lot of instances where you'd want to take him, but I don't think he actually synergizes that well with the list overall. So I don't know. For me, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird pick. I I don't know. For, for, I, I kind of like having things that sort of work well together. And to me as a hero, he seems like a very, very much an outlier in the list. One thing he does provide you is really good courage, which is not uh, really that much present elsewhere in the list. Yeah, it, it's kind of an odd pick for me. It, like he, he's obviously a strong hero on his own, but he doesn't actually provide you with too much synergy. But what do you guys think? Oh, Knight of Umber, how the mighty have fallen. This wraith went from... I think we've said this before, but he's, he went from probably the most picked and most played Ringwraith in the game to hardly ever used. Like, he took a banhammer so hard to the face that he can't remember now that he used to have three points of might and an extra two will points. Like, mm. <laughs> they, they really, really hurt his playability bringing, like, when they came, brought him kind of down. Now, I understand bringing the, the three points of might down to two, that I totally agreed with. But the, the nerf as well to his will points and to his casting really, really hurt because he needed that he needed that extra buffer on his will points to make sure he could get his magic off because his magic, uh, as uh, David would say, doesn't cast straight. He needs to throw a couple of extra dice and having that extra two will points, it might not seem like a lot, but it was actually a fairly big deal for him because it meant that he could sustain that extra, you know, turn or two that you might not have been able to to, to actually stick around for. And, and because of that, he he can wink out or, or be engaged upon, even with his um, Armour of the Sundered Land special rule that, you know, it's... Yeah, it, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of those ones where it's like he's, he's, he's been considerably nerfed, but in this really weird kind of one niche spot in the game, he still has some semblance of relevance. 
I would not think about taking him in any other list other than in a pure umbile list simply because of how he interacts with Black Numenorians and because his courage sticks with 12 points of will. Yeah. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a bit on the fence with this guy. I think he's a good option in that he does something that, that nothing else in the army does, in that you can put him on a monster and have him jumping around doing the, the hurling and the, the attacking the back of the lines or repositioning really quickly. He's got your magic support in there, so if you need some magic support, he can he can do that at a pinch. He's not the best at it, but he's not terrible at it either, so he can definitely help out with that. He's a big chunk of points, but you don't mind it playing that big role on occasion, so I, I think he's a, a reasonable option. And the, the nice thing about him as well is because he was native to the list, he's the way you get your spell cast without losing your army bonus. So I feel like that's a pretty strong choice just because of that. I feel like if you're going a Corsair army list, he's a good option to take. I would probably take him at the higher points level. Like if I'm moving up to to the 800 to 1,000, I think he's something that I'll consider. Anything lower than that, I'll probably have to be theming the army around him to, to consider him. He's one that I could just as easily drop as take, but I don't think he's a terrible option. I just think he's he does change how the army plays quite a bit and makes it a little bit more elite. He's really good at big games uh, because you, you, you can kind of fit him in and afford him, and he can kind of be that, that, that backline support, even if he's just on a horse uh, and not on the, the big, scary, flying um, monster of doom. But he's not something I would consider taking in a first kind of umbile list. So I would only kind of look at maybe taking him in a kind of average size game, like a 600, 650 or something like that, if I was going to seriously be running a large contingent of Black Numenorians. Yeah, I, I think it's him with the Black Nums, and that's how you, you sort of justify him. And as Jeremy says, the, the monster option and a bit of spell casting. Yeah, look, he, he does a few different things the rest of the list doesn't do. I think that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and if you um, need someone to do that, if your if your area needs you need a spellcaster, take him. But otherwise, yeah. you're not you're not going to lose anything by not taking him. Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it might come down to a playstyle thing. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Okay, shall we move on to the next hero, who I believe is Delgamar, the mm. newest corsair. Yeah. Dalgamar. Oh, I love this guy. He is so, 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 so juicy. So obviously he has the man, infantry, hero, and corsair keywords. But where he really kind of comes into his own is kind of his little tricks and his specials and stuff. But we'll get into his stat line first. So he's move six, fight five with a three plus to hit. He is strength four, defense five, three attacks, two wounds with a courage of four. He has the good old 3-1-1 one, one for his might, will, and fate. And for special rules, he obviously, as we said earlier, has the backstabbers. But most importantly, he has Ruthless Commander, which is once uh, per combat, I believe. Uh, he can allow a friendly Corsair warrior model within three inches of Dalgamar to re-roll a single dice during the dual roll. However, if the Corsair model... Fails to win the combat, they suffer a strength to hit instead as he hits him with their whip. He uh, is also armed. That's right. However, uh, it's just like a banner effect. It's mm. not just one for combat. It's it's unlimited number of times that a Corsair Warrior model can do that. Yeah. And he also has a uh, throwing weapons, a whip, as well as a sword for a hand weapon. 
Mm. Mm. He's 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 an interesting one. Hero of Valor as well. I don't know if we talked about that. That's a that's a that's, big that's a real big selling point. For, yeah. for seventy five mm. points, a Hero of Valor is is pretty nice. Pretty nice, especially if you're doing alliances and things like that. He might be a cheap hero for alliances to to get that Magic Valor one. But the the Ruthless Commander because it it looks like it stacks with other banner effects as well. It does stack. It does. And but it's also super brutal. I don't know. I'm still I'm looking at the wording and I'm trying to work out exactly. It's it's exact wording says friendly Corsair models within three inches of Delgamar may choose to reroll a single dice during a dual roll. So that that's pretty much the conditions there. So it doesn't say a single model per fight. So if you had say three Corsairs fighting a model that you really had to win against, could you not choose to do this three times? I do believe you could. Yeah. Like you, the, you, uh, each of those warriors would benefit from this special rule. It's not a banner roll. It, it doesn't mm. say anywhere that it's a banner roll. So each of those warriors would get to re-roll their dice. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you, however, suffering yeah. the strength too if they were to fail. You'll very rarely find, however, that you'll get to proc that special rule multiple times in a fight, though. I found that most of the time I'm either fighting two or one or two on two through spear support and rank ups. And generally you're not going to be re-rolling one of the dice because the first dice is kind of like your four high or your five high and then your other dice is chasing the six. And you don't want to give up your other dice, if that makes sort of sense for the 50-50. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it, it, it happens occasionally, but generally I've only ever found I'm only ever rolling uh, one dice for this reroll. Because as well, you've also got a banner in there with the bosun, so you're kind of double stacking. You're going to do effects. that one first. Yeah, yeah you're already yeah. double stacking the effects anyway. So, yeah. but just on the off chance, and obviously you can't re-roll a re-roll. Let's say uh, I, I'm just coming up with a random instance in which it would be useful. Um, you've got a spear, spear line against spear line. Uh, let's say you're equal fire, doesn't really matter. Um, they roll a three high with their two dice. You get a two high with your two dice. You re-roll one, and you get another one. What can you do? Ah, uh, Delgamar, he's got us backing us up. We'll re-roll that two, and you end up rolling a four and just win the fight. Like, there, there are instances where uh, if a lot of there's a lot of low rolls, it could be really useful. More importantly, uh, you use the like the banner effects or the other effects that you get later on in this list on the heroes. So just say you've got like your Dalamir and a couple warriors in there, you don't win the fight, you use your, your banner effect to get the hero re-rolling, because of course that's what you choose first, because you can use Might on it. If that doesn't work, then you can start, oh, who cares, have a go at a couple warriors, because it might be worth it. If you get the get the win, it might save your hero. If you, even if it takes a couple times, it's probably worth having a go at it. Yeah. And even then, a strength two hit means, what is it? It's, it's a it's a one in three chance they're going to die anyway. It's not the worst thing in the world if it means yeah, possibly saving you a hero. Heroes. Unless, shield, unless, it's, it's, unless it's the um, Arbalesters, then it's um, then it's uh, 1 in 6. Uh, is that right? Yes. Well, it okay. depends if they're in combat or not, but yes. Okay. Yeah, they almost certainly will be, though, because I think that's the, that's the criteria, isn't it, for re-rolling it? Yeah. Yes, you have to be in the combat, yeah. Yeah, so, so I don't think... Well, we'll get up to them in a, in a moment for it, but I, I think this has a lot of uses. I don't think it's your primary banner effect, so I think you need to take something else, but I think it's very useful to have. Yeah, definitely. It's a nice little rule. No, no strike sorry. strength? Interesting. Uh, yeah, only heroic strength, so uh, I don't know how many times you use that, but um, not the best. It is nice that he has three attacks, though, and fight five. Like, that's... That's a really good indicator of a strong hero, like as in being able to, you know, kill one infantry model per turn. 
Um, you're usually going to be able to do that with fight five strength, uh, strength four, three attacks. And he's got those three might points to back him up as well. I think in terms of his might points, you're generally just going to be doing heroic moves with him because, like, that's, you know, really his only useful heroic act. Well, heroic I mean, combat. if he gets some nice combats, yeah, if he can get some nice combats in, absolutely. Combats in the Corsair list are insanely useful because of backstabbers. I was, I was yeah. getting worried for a moment then, Matty. You weren't going to touch on because the fact that he is a three might hero is the his biggest selling point. It's more of a selling point, I think, honestly, than the ruthless commander. Yeah, true. And the three attacks. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and the five five. The fact that he has three points of might means you are so safe at going into heroic combats with a strike, because the only other strikes you're getting in the list are from either a. Delamere, who you don't really want to burn mine on because he's your leader, because you want to keep that in your back pocket for if it goes wrong, or B, the Yahasherans, who have only got the single point of mine. And I don't, I have heard you say this multiple times over and over, over again, Maddie, is how worried you get when you call her a combat with a Hasheran with no backup because. You feel yeah. like you, you, there's no way of getting out of the situation if you roll bad, but if you set it up in such a way to have Delgamar and a Hasherin go for it, and Delgamar calls a heroic combat with a strike, suddenly you feel a lot more comfortable because suddenly you've got three attacks that are only chasing fours as opposed to three attacks that are chasing sixes. The Ruthless Commander does exactly the same thing too and gives you those extra rolls if you really need them, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, not honestly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I I wouldn't leave home without this guy in any Corsair list. He he is that important to the list. And you know um, what? He is the nicest model in the the range. Yes, yeah, agreed yeah. with that. Yeah, he he's yeah. a nice model, but I think what he provides to the list is so unique. And so critical to kind of the ebb and flow of the game and being able to chain heroic actions in a turn that other characters might not be able to do because he can go heroic move, engage, heroic combat, swing in and pin and still have might for over to either cover the heroic combat role or cover the heroic move for next turn. The fact that he's the only three might hero is his biggest selling point and I would never leave home without him in a Corsair list. Okay, okay. I uh, I do think he's definitely worth the extra twenty points uh, on top of like a captain. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, that's as far as I would go. I think if you didn't have those extra points, or if you really, really wanted an extra couple of guys, you wouldn't mind taking a captain instead. Instead, necessarily, if he had heroic strike, I would one hundred percent agree with you, Kylie. In that instance, I would one hundred percent say take him every single time. He doesn't have it, but I still think he's incredibly useful. Yeah, he's he's good, but you, you, like someone has to play the captain role. So if you if you're absolutely stuck on points, maybe he gets subbed out. Maybe, and that's probably only in very small games or in games where you're focusing heavy on the the Knight of Umbar type things. But I I sort of I'm somewhere in the middle. I've, I'm taking this guy probably second choice almost every time because I, I look I think the model's so nice, and I think you're always going to find use for him. He's always going to be really good value. So. I'm I'm throwing him in all the time. I'm probably not too scared if I don't have him. I don't think that like it's game over or anything like that. But oh, he's a good choice to have. Absolutely. So uh, let, let's get on to our next hero, which won't need too much introduction because we've already been talking about it quite a bit. Uh, it's the Hasharan. 
Ah, Sharon's the heart and soul of any good Corsair or Haradlist. <laughs> heart and soul, yeah. Well, maybe not. I feel like they've got a bit of a black heart, these guys. So you've got the Delamere profile, but you've got you've got all the, the good numbers that you want. You're 80 points, you're Hero of Fortitude, so that, that's right down to a reasonable level. You've got the fight, fight five with a three-plus shoot, which is always nice. Uh, in, interesting, interesting fact here. I don't know if this is an error or, or something, but... The profile for a Hasharan can be found on page 197. Well, that is an error. The uh, the Hasharan is actually on page 193. <laughs> okay. for it. it then also goes on to say, a Hasharan counts as a hero of valor. Oh, does it? Take the part of a Corsair. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, the, of course. Why would they need more heroes? I don't know why they need so many heroes of valor. Anyway, so so the Hasharan, you've got uh, you pretty much your standard profile with the strength uh, four, for defense four, attack three, which is the, the gold number. Two wounds, courage four, and then one might, one will, three fate. So a little bit down on, on was it a Delamere there, which is it's still fine, but you've only got that one point of might, which is the one that worries you a little bit sometimes. He's got daggers, throwing daggers, so all the daggers, and a blowpipe as well, which is an interesting choice of weapons. So you, uh, blowpipe at the moment is you can move half speed, can't you, and shoot at 12 inches? Yes. Yep, okay, yes. perfect, perfect. Incredibly useful having that blowpipe. Yeah, you've got some range with your, your Bane of Kings, which is good, so 12 inches is nice. Heroic Strike for Defense, you've got the, the keys. you only got one point of might to use them on, so think carefully which one you want to do, but they're worth having a go at if you need to. Uh, you've got... to kill Giggle Atos every day of the week. <laughs> Sorry, what? And uh, look, Stork Unseen, fantastic, as long as you've got a bit of terrain nearby and no new ranges around. And then you've got uh, the Never Trapped While Standing, which is which means you can hug terrain really confidently. I think that's probably the way, main way I use it, where sometimes you don't want a hero or someone important next to a building because it can easily be trapped. So this guy doesn't mind it. He can go around all those little tight laneways and things. He can get piles of models behind him and he doesn't really care. So that that's pretty useful as well. The Hisharan, I know that you two use the Hisharan a lot more than, than I do, but I, it's a it's a good model, and I feel like um I think Matt, did you play like three at one point or something like that? I yeah, know. I did play for a little while a list with three of them. Um, the the crux of the army, however, was the Taskmaster, which allowed them to re-roll for their heroic actions, which it can no longer specifically for heroic combats, which you can't mm. do anymore, unfortunately. Um, however, still I think really really useful models. The only issue in the Corsair list is that for 10 points more, you're definitely taking that one. 100%. Oh, true, true, true. Yes, I 100% agree with you, Maddie. You will always, hands down, will pay the extra 10 points to take Dalamir over a Hashirin, which yep. is why you take an extra two Hashirins on top of your Dalamir. <laughs> yep. Yep. Definitely a viable strategy. I've run the triple Hasharan list. It's incredible. It's a lot of fun to use. I've had instances where I've had all three go into... Uh, a half troll, kill all three half trolls, and then go into another three half trolls and kill three more half trolls. It's, it's like they can just walk through stuff, you know? It's so fun. It's so There's fun. a lot of outplay you can do with uh, the Stalk Unseen. You can really mess with people, especially with the Blowpipe, because then they, wow. they can't see you and you're shooting them, and it can actually do damage because of Bane of Kings. Preternatural Agility and Heroic Defense mean that you can throw them in as a defensive uh, pivot and just prevent things from breaking through a certain spot. Yeah, they, they've got so much that they can do. They, yeah. they only they only get to do the one uh, all in trick, so either the the heroic strike or the uh, the one turn playing the off tank role. You know, walk into the troll chief and go, "Hi, heroic defense! I stalled you for a turn," and then they and then watches the hatter and laughs at the troll while it tries to hit them. 
because they're pretty good at taking uh, taking hits when they're up when they have heroic defense up with the two wounds and three fate. But yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, Maddie. They are such a fun model to to kind of just muck around with and play with because, like you said, they have so much outplay potential. But the the key fact I think is different between Hasharan uh, Harad Hasharan and Corsair Hasharan is. Corsair Hasharn synergize far more efficiently with the Corsairs. The Corsairs are already, you know, ducking and weaving and throwing the little throwing knives out at every opportunity and, you know, falling back to their Corsair gun line and their their arbalesters and the Hasharn just duck and weave with the best of them. I don't play these guys a whole lot, but I've played against them a fair bit and they are, like, one of them... I'm not too fast at all. One, I can I can avoid. I can set up things to tank it. I can do whatever. Like it's it takes a bit of work, but I'm not too worried. When you get two or three of them in a really tightly packed area, they you Matt's right. They just walk through things. And if they ever get into one of those heroic combats where someone calls a heroic combat and there's two Hasharans in there, good luck because they'll kill whatever they're in combat with, and then they'll jump into something else equally big and kill it straight away. So if you've got trolls nearby, keep them away from these Hasharans because they will they'll just rip through things. Even if they've got high defense, they're they're really really br- brutal. Especially if you have a uh, like a Reva or, or even just a couple of generic Corsairs going in to help with the trap, you know, suddenly you've got a couple of extra dice in there that are a plus one to wound, plus yeah. the Corsairs, three strikes that are doubling up to six strikes, three rolling everything. That's they, right. It, they can, it, they can it, is worth, it is worth remembering that they're not Corsairs themselves. I don't mm. believe they gained the Corsair keyword, so no. that, that's just one thing to be careful about. Yeah, they, they do not get the backstabbers rule. They don't need it. I don't. Delamir right. does. Delamir does. Delamir gets it, yeah. Delamir does. But another, yeah. another reason why you're t- Oh, God, you'd pay 30 points just for those smoke bombs, wouldn't you? He's so good. Yeah, yeah. He's. he's yeah. Like, if, if he was 120, you'd still probably say you'd take him. I think so, yeah. yeah. The smoke bombs are that good. You can win yeah. games off him. Yeah, because with this, we've talked about it. We're going back in time. The smoke, bomb, smoke bombs mean you don't need to have the Knight of Umbar around. You've got your ability to throw that transfix, which is probably the the best power you have. So just to stop someone else striking means that you guarantee to strike ahead. And when you set something up, that reliability is huge. You, you trans transfix something that, that so no more striking up. And you know you're not going to lose anything. You throw all these nasty heroes into it, to it, and they're all in a small base, so they're easy to get in. And they all do so much damage because all their their wound rolls are getting some sort of benefit in some way. And then they've all got a little bit of might in case you just need to do that final final hit. So so keep your big stuff away from these heroes, or else it's in a lot of trouble. Uh, sometimes playing against them, you end up just throwing a guy at them and just shield and just hope that they lose a combat once every three or four turns, just to slow them down because. Oh, they, they they chew through things to Sharon. So so definitely an option, definitely an option to go mass to Sharon. I feel like I feel like more is 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 more into Sharon's. Like if you take the three, it, it's so much more potent than taking just the the Delamere and and none others. I don't know if I'll go for for one or two. I uh, I feel like threes like, threes good. Like I said, Jeremy, it's the rule of threes, and I'm counting Delamere as a part of this rule of three yeah, because yeah. you know for all intents and purposes, Delamere is a hasher and he just does what they do better. But yeah, rule of threes. If you're going to take some Hasherans, take three, and they will never let you down. Yeah, I'm sure we'll see this rule being uh, taken up uh, in our uh, muster and army. We'll see a bit later on. Yeah, yeah, we will. will. uh, Definitely will. All right, let's move on to uh, the last couple of heroes in this list. So we have the uh, Corsair Captains. Let's go over them. They're an interesting profile. We have 
The move six, as usual, uh, oh, sorry, I'll go over everything. So man, Corsair, infantry hero, base 50 points, hero of fortitude, like most captains. Uh, move six, fight five, four plus shoot, important. All models in this army, you should know their shoot value. Strength four, defense four, two attacks, two wounds, courage four, two might, one will, one fate. He has sword and like the rest of the list, throwing daggers. His heroic action is the heroic march. So uh, I believe that's probably the only way you're getting march into this list. I could be wrong, but I th- uh, there is one other option, but we'll get to that. And they have a bow, crossbow, shield, or two-handed axe. Each of those costs five points. So you could take a, uh, a crossbow option for a captain. Not bad. You, you could take a... Uh, you're probably not taking a bow, I think, if we're perfectly honest. I think the shield option's fine for something that can uh, maybe take a couple of hits. Mm. And then the two-handed axe is when you really need a, another hitter in the list. And you feel like maybe you're running something without the extra Hashan and you just want someone who can go in and do some big damage. But I think generally you probably just want to throw a shield on this guy and uh, he's your your might pool. He's your uh, you know a stand fast guy. Um, he's doing all that kind of work. Probably standard captain stuff, I would say. I, I like to put the the crossbow on him as well, just because it gives you something that that you don't do where you've got some might to hit a range target. So just in case you you can give him as that that legless roll for a turn or whatever. If you hit something really good, it could be worth spending that. But he's a he's a funny one in that he's his profile. If you put this in any other list, I reckon you'll be over the moon about him. But in this Absolutely. list, he's one that you could probably do without because there's so many good hero options in this list. What do you think, Kylie? Here's a tricky point because it honestly depends on your points level. There's there's this weird paradigm kind of like balance point in, in the Corsair list where you might have just too much or too little points to, to make him work. I always like... Uh, including at least one Corsair captain in a Corsair list for exactly the reason you said, Jeremy, the might point at range. Having a couple of might points on a crossbow is really, really heavy. Now, we've all played against, you know, Varashku and had that pesky three might crossbow sitting at the back of the board, you know, knocking out your, your big hero's forces. And yeah, the Corsair captain isn't as good, but he provides the same threat. No one wants to walk heads up straight into a Corsair captain with two points of might and a crossbow. That's 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 going to sell spell disaster for, for your big hero's horse. That's what he provides to an army that really none of the other models really, really do is he can zone control a little better. And especially when you're dropping a warband of like Corsair Arbalesters on a flank or up the back somewhere and you need a hero to be with them so that they can get dropped down, Corsair captain's your way to go. And yeah, he'll he'll do his job well. He, as we always say, March is always needed in a list just to get you into the middle and see surprise and stuff. And he will do that just that for you. Yeah, I, look, I I always take him, and it's partly because I really like the model and I have them. And and I when I play courses, I often play them at the smaller points level. So he's really nice at that small points level because he can do work. Fight five is is really good for a, just a generic captain. Having throwing daggers is really good for a generic captain. Having your choice of war gear, whatever you want. If you if you don't have enough hitters, two handed axes does work because you can you can pierce with it and go two handed and and get some real real value out of it. But yeah, the crossbow is a really good option. And you're right. Oftentimes you have a a warband that you drop for for board control and you basically put it somewhere 
where it can get a good line of sight to force people to come towards you. And that means it. oftentimes you don't have to march. If they're coming towards you, it might not be as necessary. So he can do that job. So I, I really like him. But once again, like a few of these heroes, you could probably do without him as long as you get your march in some other way. Yeah, and there, there is another way of getting March into a list, which we'll get into in just a moment with the bosons. But one of the things I kind of just, just it's, it's a little bit of a gripe with with the captains is, why no Pavise? Why does he not have a Pavise option? Like, he can take a crossbow like the Arbalesters, but he can't go with a Pavise like the Arbalesters? Doesn't make sense. He should be able to get a Pavise. Yeah, fair, over. fair cool. No, I, I wouldn't have mind saying that too. And I actually, just to add on to that, I think there was a missed opportunity when uh, Pelamore Fields came out and they were releasing some new stuff and, and Delgamar and, uh, was it Raz, Raza? Mm, yes. Uh, yeah. Came out. Uh, I think they might have missed opportunity there where they could have released uh, a, a couple, of, uh, like bundled together maybe a Corsair captain and bosun with different poses, different weapon options, because they have so many options. It, it would have been really cool to have, some, a little bit of customizability around that. But, you know, I, I've seen plenty of people do incredible conversions of um, the captain with a crossbow and, and the uh, bosun with a spear and all that sort of thing. They so, come with both of those options, Matt. So they come with two they options do? each. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, that that blister is one of the best yes. You also get a spare two-handed axe. Yeah. You get, um, yeah and you... a spare, spare spear and a spare crossbow. Ah, oh, very amazing. Nice. The kiss comes with it. I thought that was an incredible conversion. I no, it's a it's a terrible <laughs> conversion because it's a stock standard model. It's a standard model. Okay, there <laughs> you go. Um, so what options don't they get? The shields, I guess. No, no shield, no bow. No bow. Yeah, yeah. I think you could leave the bow, honestly. So yeah, because you'd rather just take a crossbow. But, yeah, if two handed axe, though, I will I will vouch for it uh, simply because I have seen. Um, it wasn't my captain, but it was my bosun. With the two-handed axe, go two-handed piercing with when he got engaged on whilst he had his crossbow. Because like you got five points left, what are you going to do with it? All right, well, chuck a two-handed axe on the captain, sure. Uh, and it came in handy because it just went straight up to a cave troll and went bonk, and the cave troll went flop because it had plus two to wound, and you know right. at that point yeah. you're winning on threes. That's exactly right. With the backstabbers and a two-handed axe, you're really taking mm. stuff down. So. Man, nice captain. All right, <laughs> let, let's get into the next one because this one's got a little, little bit more to talk about it. we got the, the bosun at uh, 45 points. Uh, he's got a profile of move six. He is a hero of fortitude. Fight four, four plus to shoot. Strength four, defense four, two attacks, two wounds, courage four. In this edition of the rules, he gained a might and a will. So he's gone mm, one, one, huge. one, which is very handy. Oh, uh, he has a sword and like all models in this list, throwing daggers. He's got that heroic march, so that is another option for heroic march. And I think generally you usually march once anyway. So it, it's definitely, and, and I think bosons, we're going to get into their special rule in just a second, but uh, are something that you're probably more likely to take even than captains. So the special rule for bosons is commanding bellow. The booming voice of a corsair boson is enough to spur on the rabble around him, for few would wish to feel the boson's wrath. Friendly corsair models within three inches of a corsair boson Count as being in range of a banner. That's right. This guy is the banner in your list. Not bad at all. Um, it's very nice having a uh, reasonably chunky hero. I mean, two wounds and a fate is is better than just a warrior with a banner in terms of survivability. However, obviously, he can't pass it on, and I, I don't think it counts for victory conditions. So No, it doesn't. There's a plus and minus there. Much like the captain, he gains all of those options, 
uh, bow, crossbow, shield, two-handed axe, and you can also take a spear, which is pretty handy for a guy if you do want to be a little bit more survival with him to still make some contribution to combat. I think I'd say a lot of the same stuff as with the captain and add in that he loses a might point, still has march, but has that banner effect, which, you know, as we've talked about many times, banners are incredible. So I think almost every list you'll be taking a bosun, surely. Yeah, they, they, these these guys are my auto choice. I, I always take the bosun. It's a nice Peter Jackson model. You get heaps of war gear options in it, of course. You've got your, your pseudo banner effect, but also if you want to take Reavers, this guy is an absolute must. So Hero of Fortitude as well seems big for a little a bosun as well. So 12 models for leading as well. It's it's good. Kylie, how many bosuns do you take? Normally just the one, but I do frequently on occasion do the devil banner combo and take a Corsair bosun. In addition to a black Numenorian with banner, yeah, okay, double, double, doubling up, double they, banner, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it counts right. in range of the banner, so you don't get the same, like the same thing, but it does double up with the other hero we just had, doesn't it? The, the Delgamar, yeah, yep. So, right. so really, it's a triple banner, but but yeah, know. yeah. So you can't you can't overlap the the Numenorian and the Boson banner to get extra effects, but yeah, we'll see later when we get to the Reavers that he's he's got some real value there as well. He's he's pretty tough as well. Like two wounds for a hero that's essentially a support hero. He's a lot harder to get rid of than than most banner effects. So I think he's very good value at forty five points. Ah, uh, he's fantastic value for forty five points. Like twenty, it's twenty twenty five points, thirty points straight up for a banner, and. You look at the tax of what you get left after that, yeah. the 15 points, like you get a whole two attack, two wound stat line with a, basically a, what would be a normal captain stat line without the extra might. Like, yes, he's dirt cheap, he's amazing. Why aren't you taking him? He should be already in your list. Why isn't he in list? Come on, put him in your list. Yeah, yeah. Compare, compare him to an orc captain, yes. he's certainly got that on top um, for the cost of one might point. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. What about comparing him to something like like a drummer or some one of those little support characters? He's he's massive. He can fight really well. Uh, if you want to if you want to protect him, you can give him a spear and he can stand behind and just contribute some some strength and some might if he needs to. He's uh, he they're, they're really good. I I'm I'm not against taking two of them, especially if you want to play in a, a big front. I I I don't think you can go wrong. We, we, we'll take a lot of reavers. We'll take a lot of reavers. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So I I think that, I think they're good. I think you you definitely want to have at least one of these models in your collection because you're going to want to take it in the course of list. Some of the other stuff you can do without this guy, I'm not sure that you can. I feel like he's he's pretty important for a lot of the list builds. Yeah, he's he's such a he's such a like aside from being like an absolute sweet model. Can we just take a moment also to appreciate how good like the the, the four like big main kind of key heroes like the captain, the bosun, Delamere, and Delgamar the models are like they have so much personality and swag to them that ah oh, just makes <laughs> my day. Just yeah, they're, they're good. <laughs> but, but, but that aside, like the Boson is kind of like the core to your army, and he's this—he's the point where you're pivoting around, and you can also do like other little mini jobs too, like go off tank that hero, go deal with that cavalry dude, you know, go go add in some extra chip damage on um on on Aragorn or whatever after your Hashran's gone in. Like you can fill a couple of like extra roles in your list and do some little odd jobs that you know might not otherwise be uh have you might not otherwise have models available to do such as your hasherans um Dalamias and stuff having to deal with the, the bigger nastier stuff 
Yeah, the the reasonable courage is nice as well, and yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good, oh, so much, uh, so much good stuff. Not a lot of bad stuff in this guy. That's right. Um, okay, so I think that's uh, oh, we, we've got another hero to go over, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah, let's so we're going to go over the Corsair Warriors. So uh, the regular old Corsair of Umba is a man, a Corsair infantry warrior. Uh, the base profile here is four, fight four, uh, shoot four plus, strength three, defense three, one attack, one wound, courage three. So the first thing you notice, fight four, nice, good, pretty much standard at this mm. point. Mm. Defense three, a little bit low. Low defense. Courage three, standard. So uh, that, that's pretty much what you're noticing there from that profile straight away. Only seven points, so, like, n- not bad. You're basically yeah. trading the, the fight for the defense in comparison to most other army lists. Um, he's got the throwing daggers essentially for free. That's where the real value comes into this guy. Most models, you're paying two, I think, for throwing daggers, uh, you know, depending on the warrior, but, like, for free, essentially, with this seven points, you put this guy next to a warrior of Rohan, and he comes up on top. Like it's kind of crazy, actually. Yeah, how it's good. Is. Really good. Uh, the options for the warriors of the corsairs are bow, shield, and spear. So it's pretty standard. Um, the ones in the box just come in eight of each, I believe. You definitely get some value out of having shield and spear. I think if you're going to be yes. coming up against, uh, particularly. Uh, strength three shooting and strength three armies. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of strength four going around though. So in those instances, the shield is not so useful. But I disagree. I mean, well, okay. Shielding rule is fantastic. You've forgotten. You've forgotten about oh, the yeah, best okay. thing about the shield: the shielding rule, being able to double your attacks. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you're definitely obviously taking some shields in the list. I think uh, what I'm getting at is how much you want to throw in there, whether you're doing, like, shields on all of your offensive line, all your spears as well. I don't think it's... Oh, I don't. I wouldn't really do that necessarily. But uh, certainly you definitely have a, 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 your original line, your main battle line is going to have shields at the front. All right. Uh, I, I'm going to get into a little bit, a tiny, tiny little bit of Nothine kind of territory, but... Will you see a weakness in the defense? I'm glad three? this is no thine enemy, so I'd hope you'd be getting into no thine territory. Sorry, I, I meant um, about time. The, the, the tactic a bit. What, what do we call the tactic a bit? Oh, jeez. Keep it secret, Kylie. We know our secret. Keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it secret. You know, it's, it's been a while. I'm a little rusty. Oh. What can I say? You know, you know, being in isolation has sucked for a little bit. You know, not as many games and stuff. Um, mm. Anyway, that aside, that aside, will you see a weakness in the defense three? I see a hidden strength. Yes. <laughs> what do you see? What do you see? Defense three and strength three means you're wounding on a four plus. But strength three against defense four means you're wounding on a five plus. Now, you might be wondering, Kylie, why are you bringing up strength three versus defense four and strength three versus strength three? Well, dear listener, that is Throwing because... Neckers. Throwing neckers is because the strongest, most powerful tool at the Corsair's disposal is throwing into combat and killing their own Corsairs. Uh, yeah, it's really, best, really good. Yep. The best way to do it is to throw your throwing daggers into the back of a Corsair who doesn't have a shield. Yep. And that is why you always want at least, at least a minimum of half a dozen Corsairs in your list without shields. So bow or spear? This, 
It doesn't oh, really sweet. matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, they are essentially invaluable because I, I have got stories. And when we get to keep it secret, yeah. there are going to be some stories. Yeah, let's, let's go over that a little bit. How you can do that. And keep it secret because that is the keep it secret. We but, will say that yeah. keep it secret because yes. you kind of just divulge the secret. Yeah. So. Well, well, it's, it's, <laughs> we'll keep know, it safe now. We're up to keep it safe yeah. territory. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the safe. We'll get to the safe when we get to the, the, the next bit. The defense three is not a weakness. Yep. And moving on. Oh, yeah, I want to say one thing about this too, guys. Uh, people often don't take the bow because they're because there's other missile troops to compete for that. But I actually, I think the bows are fine. Just to be able to move and shoot at long range is pretty useful as well. I don't think you can go wrong taking whatever ones of these guys you want. And if you don't like these guys, choose another army list because they are they are the army and they are they are fantastic. That profile yeah. is just so good. Yes, it's got its weaknesses. Yes, it does die quickly if you let them die quickly. But the fact that it's got a fight for just basic infantry model for some reason is huge. Fight for is, is some people's captain level and you've got it on your cheap expendable troops. That's, that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. The fight for it was a bit of power creep, I think, uh, around the time that these guys came out. But yeah, it, it's pretty much standard at this point, and you know, it, it's definitely really, really good to have it on your basic troops. So let's get into probably the most uh, interesting profile. Well, intriguing, mysterious. It's something. The Corsair Reavers, the most controversial, I think, actually, is probably the best way to put it. Nine points they are now, when once they were ten. Yes, yes. They are a man, a Corsair, an infantry warrior. They have fight four, shoot four plus, strength three, which I think they were at once strength four, were they? No, no they, they just four. had axes by they standard. Were <laughs> Sorry, they're defense three now. That Yeah, they, were, they had the axes glued to them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> defense three when once they were defense four. That is the stat buff I was thinking. So of stat effectively, right they were once upon a time strength four, defense four. Uh, yeah, and fight <laughs> five instead of fight four as well. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, for ten points. Away. They've only dropped one point. <laughs> and uh, they retain their two attacks. I think they also lost a courage as well. Were they courage five at one point? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I, can't Maybe. I don't think so. None of, none of us ran them. None of us ran them because everybody else was running them, so we didn't think we needed to. I had, I've got heaps of them. Yeah. I know you and Kylie both have heaps of them. Okay. <laughs> two swords. Uh, their special rule, which is really the point of difference now, before they – I don't think they had a special rule, no, did they? they just they – they, they were just superheroes. They were just – yeah. yeah. They just stat-checked you into oblivion. And didn't they used the to be fight five? Yeah, they used to be fight five. Fight five. Fight five. Yeah. Defense four, two attacks, one wound. I, I think they were courage five as well. I can't remember. They were stupid. They were absolutely stupid. Thankfully, they're not as stupid anymore. They're still, they're quite still stupid. very, very good. Um, <laughs> very, very. All right, now they're smart. That's what they are now. They're smart. Mm. Okay, let, let's get into this rule. This is going to be a bit wordy, so let's go. Any Corsair Reaver that starts its move at least six inches away from a friendly Corsair Bosun must take a courage test. If the test is failed, they will be driven into a bloodthirsty rampage and will charge the nearest enemy model, okay? So, so far we've got six inches away from a bosun, take a courage test, failure, charge enemy model, right? Pretty basic so far, makes sense. Yep, yep. It gets worse. Okay, if two or more models are an equal distance away from each other, then the Reaver's controlling player may choose which model the Reaver will charge. Fine, that's fine. Yep, okay. no, no problem. 
if a reaver fails this courage test and it is not possible for it to charge an enemy model, it will instead charge the nearest friendly model. Okay, all right. So if you get a Corsair Reaver out on their own, nothing to charge, they're going to start fighting their friends. Which is themselves. Which is themselves. They're going to be fighting their own. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the big old Reaver blood orgy is going to be very nasty. So you've got that so far. Again, this, this is all making sense so far. This is fine. Should a Corsair Reaver charge a friendly model, then the charged model may not move further during the move phase and must fight the Reaver during the fight phase. Again, totally fine. Totally fine. Okay, we're getting all this so far. It's yeah, just yeah, a combination it's of different things. If a Reaver fails this test and there are no models that it can charge, it will move six inches towards the closest enemy model instead. Again, okay, you're sort of working your way through this. There are steps to this rule. It's it's a little bit much to take all in one go, but if you take the steps, you're going to be okay. Good. The Reaver's controlling player may choose to have the Reaver automatically fail this courage test if they wish. When driven into this bloodthirsty rampage, Corsair Reavers gain a bonus of plus one to any to wound rolls and do not need to take courage tests for charging terror oh, models. Huge. Oh, my God, it just became insane. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So we went from a cool, moderated hamstring special rule to a, oh my god, if you know how to use it, Rice, these things are basically shaman-like things on steroids. Yeah, yeah. Can I just I can I just come that. in here and just a little bit on the wording for it? Because this one caused a little bit of problems early on because like it, it says in the word of the book, if you don't have the FAQ document or you don't have the, the way that we all play it, you might notice that you can choose to fail the courage test. You only take the courage test if you're at least six inches away from a, a bosun. Now they have FAQ'd that, that you can still choose to fail the courage test you don't take if you're within six inches the bosun if you wish so somewhere along the line that's become clear that they, they are allowed to go bloodthirsty even if there is a bosun nearby so it's not yeah, quite... so the, the bosun is always a positive you, you're yes, never gonna never lose negative. out on it yeah. if you have it around yeah yeah, terror causes. Who cares now? And that's the, that's the one sort of weakness in this army without these guys is that maybe you don't like terror causing. These guys don't care. Straight into it. Yep, that's right. As now, the one thing that you have to say about the reavers is your positioning's got to be good. I think you need to play smartly with these guys. Now mm. you, you didn't need to used to do that. Now you have to make sure that you're putting them to be the closest one to the one that you actually want to charge with them, and you've got to move them in the right order. You can't just mindlessly. Right forward in a wall and hope that it's all going to work out you know i i do like the fact that they did that i do like that there's a little bit more thought in this i think this rule is way too long yes yeah <laughs> and it, it is <laughs> and i don't think they need the plus one to wound no i don't think they did either because <laughs> because remember ladies and gentlemen as i said earlier this stacks with backstabbers all of the models we've discussed so far also have backstabbers that captain we talked about has backstabbers. That bosun has backstabbers. Those seven-point pieces of delight that we literally just talked about, the Corsair Warriors, yeah. have backstabbers. Mm-hmm. And these guys also have backstabbers. Yeah. Yeah. It must have been an easier way to get this desired effect. Oh, 100% there would be. And and look, it's, yeah, the, the wording wording's way too, way too wordy, but that's okay. We didn't write the book, and that, that's right. We know what it is. You don't have to read it again. You know what it does. You're all good. You can just play, and you can enjoy playing with them. What I want to say here is that why haven't they released the Corsair Reaver model? They give these guys the best rules. They make them so attractive, and they say, we're not going to provide a model for you, so either go third party or convert your own. That seems ludicrous to me. Like, they've, they've always been so good. third party, don't bother bringing them to tournaments because you won't be allowed to use them in yeah. events. Oh, you can. Oh, who cares about that? Just use them whenever you like. No one's going to come up and like smash your models as you're playing. <laughs> Unless it's. Oh. 
if they do refer them to me, I'll deal with it. Just, 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 just name drop it. It'll be all good. Yeah, yeah, that is completely insane, isn't it? Like, how many models in the range? There's no other model that has a profile. Ah, uh, that's not true. There are a couple of other models with a profile and no, and no um, model, but this is the one that's been around the longest, surely. Yeah, and it just. Uh... But I just don't get why they just didn't cut it because it seems really weird that they've yeah. they've just pushed this. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and, yeah. And you know what I think it is. I think it's actually pressure from the community who there are many, many, many people who've converted a lot of Reavers. Probably, yeah. Uh, and I reckon it's probably pressure from that crowd who have said, hey, I still want to use these pirates with two swords. How are you going to take that away from me? So they, they kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what the thinking was here. They wanted to still make them quite powerful because they still wanted, they didn't want people to be upset that their overpowered pirates are now weak. But, but how think... how easy would it have been to just like make some a little bit more savage looking or something like that? Release them when the um the Gondor Warble came out, put them up on four drill, make three of them, and then with their with their enforcing for tournaments, suddenly you've got massive sales because they're still amazing. Like these yeah, people no, just you, buy chunks of them, right. or even like a conversion kick like they did for the Gundabad Orcs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, another like weird opportunity missed. Uh, I don't know. It'll happen one day, I reckon. I reckon it will. Maybe it won't. Eventually, but yeah, as of now, it's it's very strange that that wasn't a priority considering. I don't know, Maddie. A lot of people are holding their breath for Helm Hammerhand, and a lot of people are dead from holding their breath. <laughs> They're not. Only a couple people. What are you talking about? Helm, Helm's here. We've seen Helm. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying if, if, if you're going to hold your breath for it, you're going to be waiting a while. Yeah, but that's, that's what Matt's right. saying. And we have our final Corsair-type model, so the, one of the Corsair keyword. We've got our Arbalester for 10 points, the Man Corsair Infantry Warrior. These guys have models, unlike the Reavers. Uh, they are move 6, fight 4, strength 3, defense 3, attacks 1, wounds 1, courage 3. So they look exactly like Corsairs of Umbar, but 3 points more. So you, already, if you've stopped reading now, you're not going to understand how good these guys are. But then you get to the war gear, and you can see a crossbow, a dagger, oh, who cares about a dagger, and a pervase, and you say, oh, come on, why would I ever take these guys? There's no throwing daggers. But then you keep reading. Crossbow, oh, no, sorry, pervase, we read. This giant wooden shield provides the bearer plus three defense, so long as the bearer is not engaged in combat with another model. The bearer may use the rules for shielding, although they will not gain the one plus defense bonus as they also carry a crossbow. So once again, you've got this fantastic war gear that I don't think anything else in the range has. You've got crossbow as well. Crossbows are are brilliant. So you've got, yes, you can't move around, but this is kind of what the army likes to have. But the pervase is huge. So you've got this crossbowman who want to be in the front rank because they've got defense six, whereas everything else is really low defense. So they're going to win the shooting war most times because shooting these guys out is tough. So they, they, they provide a nice wall of defense. They also provide a massive hitting power of the crossbows. And I actually like them, as Kylie said before, as the defense three, get him into combat, try and force an enemy to charge these guys, and then throwing weapons to death because the shield gets turned off once they're in combat. So they're down to defense three. So they're actually easy to kill with your own throwing daggers as well. I think they're a brilliant model. Uh, you, how many you take is basically what you choose with these guys because I think most people take them with, with Corsairs. Yeah, I think taking the max number of Arbalesters is a, a pretty sound strategy in any Corsair list that you write. One-third Arbalesters is mm. going to be doing a ton of damage. They're still good in combat. Um, yeah, they don't have the throwing daggers, but that's not what you're using them for. You're using your other throwing daggers for that purpose. These, these, these guys are what enable your throwing daggers, allow you to run around and kite and, you know, 
play off 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 of terrain and and pivot around parts of the table. They are effectively the butter to the Corsair throwing weapon bread. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, they are. For for those who don't know, crossbows hitting at strength four, incredibly nasty. Uh, I've seen them win games. I've I've seen a, a crossbow line just oh. straight up win. It happens. You can just just line up a hero as well, and just say right every crossbow go at that hero, and then you've got a better chance than not of doing some serious damage to it, if not taking it out. It's mm. it's just such a scary weapon. And you, you can also do these like things where like because you're in, like ninety percent of your army in the Corsair list is armed with some sort of a ranged weapon, whether it be a blowpipe, a throwing dagger, or a crossbow. If you get someone lined up in your sights and you go, right, 40 ranged weapon shots at that one guy, your opponent is just going to start sweating bullets because they're going to be going, oh, dear, I'm not sure Faramir can survive all of this. Oh, he can't. He's dead. No one can survive the onslaught of the weapons from the, the Corsairs. They're just, it, it is legitimately scary. It's one of the few armies that you go in and you just want to be in combat with because that's the only time you're not getting hit so much. And even then, if you leave some of them out of combat, they'll still hit you, meanies. Mm. Corsair, like, the, the Corsair playstyle as well, like, what I absolutely love about how these models interact with each other is, although they seem kind of gimmicky, they take a surprisingly large amount of skill to set up and play because nah. if you make one mistake with them, you're dead. <laughs> like defense three is still defense three. Like you still drop like paper flies in, in a bag being, you know, gassed. I don't know where my analogy went there. I can't yeah, I, don't know where where it went. I was waiting, waiting to see where it would go. That was good. Actually. I had to stop. Yeah. Here. What was it? Paper flies <laughs> in a bag being gassed. Cool. <laughs> paper flies. Okay, excellent. Um, I think we got that. paper bag. That's where I was trying to get the analogy, and somehow I ended up a paper fly. You know we're going to get, like, the animal um, activists are going to go after us now. Yeah, we gas flies on the green dragon. Yeah, That's in paper bags great. as well, if it wasn't the bad 100% enough. 100% true, and we do not apologize for it. No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get straight on to uh, the last couple of profiles we have here. So... The Black Numenorean Marshal can be found on page 118, apparently. Yes, I've got him right here. So for 65 points, you've got another hero who uh, maybe he shows up occasionally. He's fight five, which doesn't look that impressive in a Corsair army list. Strength four, defense seven does look impressive. Attacks two, wounds two, courage five. That's pretty good. Uh, Might two, will one, fate one. He's got the march. He's got heavy armor, sword and shield built in. And the options are where this guy's at. You've got the armored horse for 15. Expensive, but a good option. You've got a lance, cheap and very good for five points. And you've got a two-handed weapon. I've never seen that being used. And pretty much the important part, you've got terror as well. So you've got a hero that... Um, basically, if, if you want a mounted hero of a lance, this guy is the way to go. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, totally agreed. I, I think that's the option that you're taking in this list. I, I can't think why you'd take him on foot over some of the other choices that you have there. The Courage 5 is actually really nice. Uh, I think he's the highest Courage in the list aside from the Knight of Umbar. Mm, yeah, so that's, um, that's not a bad option. And he does give you that march, which uh, you don't... Well, you're probably getting it from your, your bosons anyway, yeah. yeah. So, mm, the current five redundancy is quite nice. And the yeah. fact that he's defense seven means he can do some off tanking. 
Yeah, once he like, I would take him on horse if I was going to take him. But yeah, if he's on foot, he can play that role where you just throw him into something like a, a Boromir or whatever, and just say, "Kill me, kill me slowly." So he can do that role. Yeah, if you're taking him on a horse, you're looking at it as 80, 85 points with the lance. Yeah, it's getting um, up there. Yeah, and that, that's you know, that's a Hasharan. It is a Hasharan. That's more than a Hasharan. So yeah. It, <laughs> It's a kind of a tough choice to take in this list because it just doesn't really work well. It just doesn't really do the things that you want something in this kind of list to do. I feel like it might be an army list that's a bit of a wonky one where you go for the Knight of Umbar, the Black Numenorians with Corsair support rather than the other way around. I think yeah. So too. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's the whole idea of using the terror to stall out your opponent's charge so that your your throwing weapon spearmen can just go, yeah. all right, lads, they're all locked up and frozen. Adam, yeah, and yeah. then a barrage of throwing weapons come at you and you fail to charge them. Yeah, and then the spears are actually doing all of the damage because they're going to still have backstabbers as well. So you get those traps in, the spears are the ones you throw in to do the damage. It is a funny list. Like It's kind of a weird one. I kind of want to, wouldn't mind trying out, trying out just because of how um, strangely I think it would play. But... Yeah, aside from running that, you're probably not going to be putting the, the Black Nun Marshal into your Corsair lists. I don't think he's a terrible option, but the problem is he's at that points level where you get a really good option for him. So you've either got so many points that you don't care or you've, you're replacing one of your other hitters with him and then you really want to have a role for him to do. And if you have a role, that's fine. Uh, if you do take him, you might consider the Black Numenorean friends as well, which are for nine points, pretty good value. Fight four, uh, strength three, defense six. 1-1, one, one, Courage 4, which is good. You've got the Warhorn and Banner, which are nice options to have. Expensive, but nice. And you've got Terror. The Banner's a really good option. Sometimes this guy just turns up on their own. And I'm not going to talk in this episode about the terrible models. I think we've done enough of that. And people are telling yeah, yeah. me that, that we won't I'm do that. that. So we'll leave that alone. I feel like... Uh, I, I don't want to say this too much, but I feel like you could do some really fun conversions of the theme with Corsairs around these guys and have have something else as well. I feel like this might be a, a good option for modeling in this army as well. Mm-hmm. So... Plus, there is one other thing that we kind of didn't really touch on with the Black Numenorians is that they provide two very useful texts for mm, the Corsair yeah. mainline in that you can actually have a banner for victory points. And in particular, the Warhorn bumps your Hasharin, your Delgamar, your Dalamir up from Courage 4 to Courage 5, which can be very, very important. Yeah. Still, you're paying a fair bit for it, but I they're, they're both good options and... And I honestly think you take these guys more than you consider taking the captains. Like you might take half a dozen of these guys, and they can work well with that front rank with the, with say the the crossbowmen, where it's really hard to shoot out. And if people go and engage them, they hold their own pretty well. Although the crossbow is not so good in combat, but but they are a, a good frontline troop. The terror is disruptive, so you don't. Last thing you want to do against the corsair army is fail to charge, because then you're just stuffed. Because you get throwing weapons at you so much that you you're in trouble. So they can be very useful that way as well. I think I think they're probably a good option in the list, and but they're probably one you don't like. A lot of things we said, you can play without them. Kylie, what do you? How many do you take when you're going full competitive with the Corsairs? Of the what? The crossbows or the the Black Numenorians? Oh, if I'm going full competitive yep. and I'm trying to win the tournament, yes, yes, yes. Maybe one with a banner. Yep. Fair okay. Maybe. The, only, the only other thing I want to add it with Black Nums, uh, the Marshal. There's no other cavalry in the list aside from the the um, uh, Knight of Umbar, no, yeah. so there's no other cav support that you can run with him. So again, that's a, a bit of a negative against him. 
Uh, and for the the black numbers themselves, yeah, like I think what you were saying about conversion opportunities, I would love to see someone run these as more uh, sort of Corsair themed. Mm. My only regret with the way that they've integrated them into the list is that they don't get the Corsair keyword. I kind of wish they just did, you know? I kind of actually wish the, the Hasharan and the Black and Marshall got it as well because it just would make the list feel a little bit more cohesive instead of going, no, it's only the Corsair Warriors that are going to get yeah, the plus yeah. one. that is a bit weird. There's also an upgrade you used to be able to pay, didn't you, for like a, an Umbar yeah, version of them? Yeah. Five with that, which um, nobody took because they were taking Reavers instead. But, yes, that was an option as well. Oh, I, I wouldn't be so sure about that. But, I you have seen, them, but you've taken everything. No one else I have taken. seen quite a number of the Fight 5 uh, Black Numenorean Terror Lock Wars. I haven't. Where it's just a Fight fight 5 with a shade behind it and a spooky wraith going, ha, ha, you can't charge us and we get to declare fight. <laughs> but, okay. you know. The old school shade makes everything yeah. good. Yeah. We don't really see that anymore. You don't because it's illegal. It's that, yeah. Yeah. You've got a good yeah. amount of options in this, this list, which which at first glance you think, okay, Corsairs is not a huge option, but this is actually a pretty well-rounded list in terms of character options and, and warrior options. Yeah, you've got one monster in there with a fell beast, but everything else, you've you got a lot of do. If you, this was your only list playing with, I think you've got a fair amount of options and a fair, a fair few kinds of builders as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so uh, last couple of things to talk about. They are green allies with the Serpent Horde. Mm-hmm. And look, they're great allies for them, uh, having in- incredible shooting, uh, and then you get a ton of throwing weapons in against them, and you provide the fight four that they might need if you're not running. Uh, I think it's the Warriors of Karna, the Watchers of Karna. Sorry. Also, um, Harrod has like some of the best cavalry in the game, so being able to throw right. some horses around, good. Yeah, and you still get those backstabber corsairs, which is beautiful. Um, so yeah, they're, they're quite they're quite good together. I think, uh, Kylie, would you agree with that? Um, yeah, you, there's a whole bunch of really fun, interesting options that I think can be explored with the, the, the Corsairs and Harad. In particular, uh, using Saladin as a uh, proxy leader for the Corsairs, running him as like a pseudo-independent and just having him as the leader instead of Dalamir because he's a little bit more durable with three wounds and a fate point instead of two wounds and three fates. Plus, he also has the three might and strike to, to, to block other actions and stuff. So you can do some funky things uh, uh, with the list in regards to that, as well as, of course, you know, Moomakill and uh, Taskmasters and, 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 as Jeremy said, the, the cavalry. Yeah, it's good, good options. And they're, they're yellow with a fair amount as well, aren't they? So pretty much anything that's around in the War of the Ring. So I, I noticed when I was looking through this, like they're, they're yellow with, with Moria, I think, which I find really strange because some of them are underground and some of them are on ships, but apparently they're, they're buddies. Yeah, yeah, some of the uh, allying. Uh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we're going too much into the... the I'm having of... flashbacks to 2002. Yeah, I know, right? Like, imagine these guys with, uh, what are they called? Moria Prowlers, who basically did the same job <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, so what was it? Eastlings, Farharad, Isengard, Mordor, Moria, and Khan. Mm. Yeah, yeah, lots of allying options there. And I think in, in terms of stuff I'd actually use with them, um, you'd go Eastlings could be cool, uh, Farharad could be cool, Khan could be really cool. Wouldn't mind seeing um, some chariots and some corsairs in the same list. Also, um, Mordor. And, of course, Mordor, which works with yeah, everything. Yeah, some, some, some trolls. 
Corsairs backed up by trolls is like a linchpin. You could you could do kind of like that old school tree beard wood elf combo mm. that people used to do back in the day, and kind of do the evil version of it and and do corsair troll chieftain combo. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you uh, you can yellow ally with Mordor. I mean, just the fact that the black numbers are in the Corsair list anyway, and then they don't really add that much to them, but they retain the green allies. I don't know. I, I just find that whole, the way they did that kind of weird. Sorry, I'm just harping on about the fact that I wish they had the Corsair keyword. Anyway, Mordor, lots of options there for really interesting lists. I'm trying to think what else would work really well with them. Just that cheap cav with the orc trackers or even wild riders could be cool. Even just like thousands of orcs as well. You could you could like imagine Corsairs locked in with a, a horde army. You could do some real damage. It would change the way they play, but that they, they would be a real nice addition to that that orc horde army. Like a, a couple squads of of Corsairs to give you some range support, but also to, to jump in with fight four whenever you needed it. So I feel like they're almost a better ally for Mordor than Mordor is a better ally for for Corsairs. Makes sense, yeah. And, and from you know, going back the other way, the, the mortal really gives them a lot more might than they can otherwise provide. So yeah, you could also do some really interesting things uh, since Isengard has the Cobain and mortal, uh, Moria has the uh, bat swarms. You could do some funky stuff with the flyers. Yep, true. Uh, and the throwing weapons. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good idea. Or too. or, or I, I can't believe I haven't there. You, you, the corsairs, they're pirates. Pirates go on ships. Ships go on water. Watcher in the water. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah is, I would like to see that. I've, if some people have done that one, but that, the problem with that one now is that the allies are tricky. That you have to throw in something like a um, was uh, it the, which is one of the goblin kings? Him, uh, yeah, yeah, he's independent, isn't he? Yeah, you'd have to throw in Durbo's or Grublog. Yeah, yeah, one of them. So babysit. Is the mascot of the uh, the ship? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to throw away three points of might, just so you can take a watch. Oh, could you could you imagine someone like converting up like a Davy Jones army and having the Watcher in the Water as the Kraken? He's yeah, it's a part of the Caribbean. And like Dalamir as like Davy Jones with the tentacles and stuff. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Mm. All right, all right. I uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything there, haven't we? Uh, I think so. Really, really awesome list. And uh, we'll move on to our next segment. Keep it secret. We're not going to be keeping it secret on these guys, though. I know we have one particular host who is very keen to lift the lid on the Corsairs. Carly, um, much excited. Uh, but before she does, let's just give a little idea of what myself and Jeremy think about the Corsairs. So, so straight off the bat, my opinion, Corsairs, very, very good. I know, Kylie, I think she said earlier that Corsairs were, what, the second best list? Was that right, Kylie? Second best army in the game. Second best. I don't know about that. I still think Rohan's ahead of them. I do love a bit of Rohan. <laughs> Rohan. They <laughs> no, wish they could do what right. Corsairs could do. Uh, Rohan do what Corsairs do, but much better. No, Corsairs are very, very powerful. They've got heroes, which we've, we've already talked about, that um, are 
far and away worth their points and potentially are undercosted. Uh, they have the spam of all spams in terms of throwing weapons, throwing weapons out the wazoo. We've been talking up throwing weapons for many, many years, even before the uh, buff to throwing weapons where they don't reduce your uh, shoot value when you charge into combat in the move phase. We thought they were very, very good. Now, outstanding. Absolutely incredible. So everything sort of adds up in this list and all the little tricks you can do. Kylie will get into them. I won't divulge too much here, but yeah, everything just sort of works quite well together. Jeremy, what, what are your thoughts on Corsairs? Well, I agree with you there, Matt. I think the you get an incredible valuable list. And the main thing you're giving up for this value is that your defense is not great compared to other lists. Now, it's not terrible but it's not great compared to, to some of the more high defense stuff. It looks like at the at a pinch, your strength is low, but it's not really because of the backstabbers rule and, and your ability to just throw many guys in. But the main thing you've got here is an army that because there's so many throwing weapons and so many missile weapons in, you choose when the fight starts. So you get to dictate that as long as someone doesn't run into you super quickly, you get to decide when the fight happens, which means you can continue to maneuver and gain an advantage on your opponent while you're setting up for the ultimate place to fight your combats and that's really the power of this avoidance type list where you've got a huge amount of throwing weapons is that you can decide if you want to be fighting in terrain you're fighting in terrain and the poor cavalry don't get their bonuses if you want to fight in the open and surround you get to fight in the open because you get to move around dance around and constantly throwing weapons and drawing people towards you so you could go in if you wanted to and hit really hard or you can run away what you don't want to do is hit really hard and then get surrounded and trapped so you want to be careful that you hit where it's opportunistic for you where you've got your best models into their models and that you do a lot of damage but you've got time because you have those throwing weapons and you not only that you've got range that's incredible you've got your arbalesters and you've got your bows which you might not even take but you've got some really powerful range weapons so the thing i see about this army list is an incredibly powerful ranged army list that then hits just as well as anyone in the game Okay, okay. Kylie, we know you're wait- you've been waiting. Let's go. What have you got to say about them? All right, well, I've got many things to say about them. But first, we, we need to, first of all, talk about their best trick, their, their hallmark trick, if you want. That is the throwing weapons to deny enemy heroic actions. Mm. Not just enemy heroic actions, but denying them their heroes. I have once played a game where the enemy Azog did not move for six turns once he hit combat because he kept being charged by a single Corsair and then proceeded to have the single Corsair that they were in combat with killed and then killed again and then probably killed for the next entire five turns. All the while, the crossbows and other redundant throwing weapons I have kept doing a bit of chip damage to him and his wild till eventually... They took out Azog with no problem at all. This is the power of this list. If you're able to draw your opponent into a really bad position, you can keep the big dangerous heroes in that position for the rest of the game while the rest of your Corsairs run around, you know, pick up objectives, get quick picks and kills on other key priority targets, or just surrounding your opponent's force and crushing it that way. It is it is their best trick in in the game and as as we've kind of like hinted at before one of the most recent tournaments that i've played at up in brizzy for utter unleashed i use this trick pretty much every game and every game my opponent was like yeah kylie won because x got denied combat because of a single throwing weapon kill killing her own guy and that that's how powerful this strategy 
can be. This dirty trick. It's a dirty trick, isn't it? It's a dirty <laughs> trick, but of course it is. We're all about the dirty tricks. So dirty. Nasty pirates. Mm. Yes, they are men of fortune indeed and quite willing to throw a dagger right into their, their teammates' back, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I've experienced, I've been on the other end of it with Gulavar, Gulavar charging in and, and copping a face full of knives when he thought he was safe. It's it's nasty. It's very, very nasty. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not their only trick, too. No, they, have, they have so many other tricks that we that they can pull out of the bag. Mm. Yeah, uh, and let's just have a look at some of the other stuff they've got going. So aside from just the pure throwing weapons, they have another, probably one of the strongest ranged uh, models in the game in the Arbalesters. And they really allow you to create that manoeuvring as well so that you're not just, you know, walking in with a low defense army into these very powerful shooting, potentially Elven shooting or Haradrim or something like that. The Arbalesters allow you to fight back in that regard and give you that range that you kind of need to at least, like, halve that sort of fight, allow your Corsairs to get up in their face and start doing their work. So what do you guys think about the Arbalesters' role in the list? So I've got two roles for the Arbalesters. The the one is if you've got missile superiority, which you have a lot of the times, they can just sit as your front wall and just say, I'm going to stay here and force you to come towards me so I don't have to do all the movement work. So that, that's perfect for those sort of scenarios where you want the enemy to come at you. So they, they can just sit there. They've got their tower shields, their, what are they called? Their, the pavises. And they can just... Pavise. Pavise, whatever, whatever, however you pronounce that. I'm not sure. Then you just sit there with defense six, meaning that, that people are going to want to take you down if possible, but they can't really for range compared to the rest of the army. So they either have a choice between try to whittle down the rest of the army whilst the crossbows go at them, or they have a choice to just run at them as soon as possible, or maybe because they're crossbows, try to try to be tricky with maneuver so that they can't get many shots at you. But if they're dancing around too much, that's advantage of the Corsairs because you, well, you want that. So that's their first role. And the second role I see is being that if you need to run forward, they're just your front rank that you can just hide behind to reduce damage as you go in. So if you need to, to flood a, an area of the battlefield or you need to run forward for whatever reason, you need to get somewhere fast, put these guys in front of you, hide behind their shields, and just reduce your casualties because you're going to have a lot of models. So every casualty you can reduce means that you're more likely to outnumber your opponent when you get up close. So I see those two main roles. What about you, Kylie? Jeremy, you have hit the nail on the head. That is probably... The most distinct way of of kind of explaining Arbalesters in a nutshell, they, they will outdo pretty much any other range shooter in the game one-to-one, but heroes, of course. And that's what makes them so valuable. Is, is like you said, area denial, that they're good at controlling where your opponent goes in the battlefield. But the true hallmark of a good Corsair player is when they decide to, and I'm going to pull a, a term here from StarCraft, but... They're going to pull their arbalesters or pull their tr- drones as, as, as used in, in that vernacular. And when you pull them forward, what it's doing is it's giving you some extra combat potential, but also the ability to buy extra time for the rest of your more combat corsairs to get the job done. Because these guys have shields. They have they have the pavise, which means they can go in, they can shield for the two attack. You stick a bosun behind them or, or a dalgamar, suddenly they're jumping up to three and four attacks. And... During that time, your Reavers, your heroes can give you getting in the flanks, getting the traps, and crunching down your opponent's uh, army with, with the backstab special rule. And that's what makes these guys so, so useful is they're so versatile. You can, you can, you know, fall back to them and then swing your army behind the pavises. 
You can you can use them as a flanking force. You can use them, just throw them forward once your opponent gets close to tie up a lot of space. They're great for objective control. They're great for capturing objectives themselves, and they're all all around probably the, the key model to the Corsair list. The, these guys are what make the Corsair list go from good to great. Yeah, I think the Wood Elves would kill to have something like this just to to dance around. That that idea that you've got your missile troops as being the highest defense is so different from so many other armies. Most of the time, your missile troops are your weaknesses. Like, look at things like Orc Trackers and these sort of armies where everyone knows that you just shoot out these guys or attack these guys. But but with the, the Corsairs, the only way you're going to do that is get into combat. But the problem is that you get into combat with the, the Arbalesters. They shield, so they're not too worried about it. So they're doubling their attacks suddenly. And then they've got so many other Corsairs. Once again, You've always got this this um, medium horde army coming around at you, so it's not like you can just pick them up and overwhelm them. They overwhelm you once you get to them. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't type model, which is fantastic. And they, they are pretty much the the core of, of most Corsair lists. It's very rare you'll see people avoid these guys or leave them at home. Mm, absolutely unique profile, yeah. I, honestly, I, I kind of loved them when they came out, and my love for them has dissipated the more I fought against them. Um <laughs> I, I wanted to touch on Reavers because they fill a kind of a an odd role in the list. Um, they're they're heavy hitters. Uh, they're, they're your courage sort of way of pushing through terror, and but they kind of require a bit of finesse and uh, and an, a uh, person behind them, which you're probably going to have anyway. What do you guys think about Reavers? How many do you think you would take uh, in a competitive list? Would you go? Would you spam them anymore? Do you think? I go. I like to go between half a dozen and about nine, somewhere around that. Because what I want is um, the only thing I'm really scared about in this list is like the terror with the the superpowered terror. So something that's going to give me a neg one and make me cause terror means that I'm going to have a lot of models not charging where I want to, and that means that that's a problem because a hero can can pick me apart. So having the reavers around when you're getting like that. I don't know, something like a Kirdan elf army where they where they all cause terror is fantastic. So they become your front rank. So you need them for at least a turn just to start pushing into combat and then get all your spears behind them. So I like to bottle up that amount just to, to make sure I've got something to deal with those sort of terror models that I absolutely must, must, must charge on mass. Not just my heroes. My heroes will probably go in, but I need some support as well. So I can't just leave the heroes out on their own. So that's my sort of models. I don't know that I'd go a whole army of them anymore just because they they... A small amount you can control with a bosun, but you can't really spread them everywhere out. You either control them with the bosun, or you leave a couple on a flank, like one on one flank, one on the other flank, and just let them do their own thing and be crazy. But that, that's about it. You don't want too many of them because they become too hard to control. Uh, Kylie, what's your thoughts on that numbers? Yeah, very similar. I, I ran seven in a 750-point list, so I, I'm going to say conservative six to eight is probably where you want to... Uh, uh, to keep your numbers out simply because, like Jeremy said, controlling reavers and knowing when and where to apply your reaver pressure, it, it's an art form. It takes a lot of practice. You're going to want to throw some games just into just seeing and feeling how your reavers function in your list because they, like the Arbalesters, provide a very unique role. They are your courage bypass because, of course, their list, not too crash hot with the courage, but they have ways around it, and this is one of their ways around it. It's you know, getting the reavers into the into the precise positions they need to, getting forward and getting the charge in, and sowing some chaos. Because one of the things that you know, 
um, Corsairs like to do when they're up against terror armies is engage with the Reavers and then everyone sits back and throwing weapons, all the stuff that, that's trying to get around and flank or going at spear supports with, with the throwing weapons. And, and that's kind of how they want to play is you want to use your Reavers for the problems that you can't solve with your other tools. And that's, that's where they best shine. Yeah. The can openers of the list, if you need something dealt with, you send these guys in. And they're the kind of models you actually don't really care if they go in on a bit of a, a like a, a glass hammer type attack where they all go in and they all die because you know that they're, they're going to take down something. They're going to they're gonna hurt when oh. they go in. So, And if they die, you don't have to watch out for them in the end game because that's the time when it might be tricky to look after them because you may lose a bosun or, or both your bosuns if you've got two later on and that's when you really don't want reavers in your line because if they don't have a target to attack and no bosun to babysit, they'll end up, you either need to get, the, get away from them so you run away from them and hope they've got no one to charge or you, you you end up getting charged by them, and they will they'll do some serious damage to your corsair. So I like these these guys are great in that their role is that you, you keep them under wraps, and then when the enemy's close, when they finally got in in there, you unleash them early on in combat and let them be the front rank and let them let them just wear themselves out and die die with killing some stuff on your enemy side, some stuff on your side, and, and let them go and and be aggressive and and give them the bonuses mm. to attack and just just go nuts with them. It's kind They're- of funny that way. Yeah, they remind me a bit of the old uh, Goblin Fanatic from the old Warhammer Fantasy range with the, you know, giant flailing wrecking balls. Just You just hurl them forward and just see what happens. That's kind of a bit of the role that they do is you kind of throw them forward and see what happens. They're either going to buy you some time or uh, do some damage for you. But the key thing is throwing them forward in such a way where they're not just going to get flashed and bursted down. Because you want to trade them for something. That's that's the key. Is you want to get trades with your reavers for something of of value out of your opponent. Whether that be might points, whether that be uh, tempo, or whether it be that you know just straight up kill point kill kills on on mm. your enemy models. You need to trade them for something. If if you send them forward and you know all six or all seven of your reavers just die. And you literally got nothing in return. That's that's going to be a bad investment, and that's kind of where you need to think of your reavers. Is they're invest they're an investment. Yeah, yeah. Keep in mind that they're fragile, and just be aware that you know you you, you should be able to get some kind of benefit out of them. And and usually early on, like I, I think as, as Jeremy's saying, you don't necessarily want them around at the end of the game. So yeah, oh, good points. Good points. I actually like um, when I'm going against Corsairs. I actually like targeting these guys with my missile weapons rather than the mm. the the um the crossbowmen, the arbalesters. I try to avoid the arbalesters in using terrain and try to hide um what's actually fighting them. And I try to any shots I get, I try to pick these guys off early on because with that two attacks, they they do do a lot of damage. And I'd rather them go down to missile fire than to into combat so these guys scare me I, I as an opponent i really hate these guys and i would definitely get rid of them because occasionally they could just like you botch of a hero they'll take it out so you just got to be really really yeah. careful with them especially if they're on the charge too yeah absolutely yeah and and just on that as well jeremy if you're playing a terror focused or a courage focused army like army of the dead or uh i'm just trying to think of something else uh anything with aura of dismay uh or, or the like or specters or angmar 
you want to prioritize taking these guys out as soon as possible uh, in the most efficient way as possible. Mm. Because as, as we said earlier, these are your army's courage bypass. Once you get rid of your opponent's uh, Reavers, they don't have any reliable way of dealing with your courage shenanigans. So keep that in mind if you're ever up against Corsairs and your opponent has a spattering of Reavers in there, look to disrupt that uh, Reaver line um, by either taking out the bosun or just by using your resources to quickly burst them down. Or make sure that your hero charges a couple of them and that you've got the higher fight value and you can go in and just take them out. And sometimes yeah. sometimes you have to, even if you're going in with a hero, you might need to charge two of them. And it's, it's not good because you're getting so many attacks against you, but it means they can't do that sneaky thing where, as Kylie said, they turn around and throw all the throwing weapons at you and suddenly your hero's engaged with no one. So it's it's a hard one because you don't want to go into too many because just the, the quantity of attacks, but you don't want to leave these guys alone either and let the... You don't want your warriors to deal with them. You definitely do not want your fight three or even your fight four guys trying to get get these guys because they'll lose more often than not and and uh, yeah, these guys are trouble yeah if you have like a cardish or a or a, or a wizard rocking around mm. you know throw a couple of sorcerous blasts or fireballs at them maybe a black dart or two could be very helpful just to whittle down the numbers or if you're lucky enough to get some bow fire on them let them have it yeah or just um like things like the the hurls from a monsters any way you can yeah. do some damage have a go at it but also don't be afraid to if you've got the ability to try to take out that bosun if the bosun if the opportunity arises if you get rid of the bosun then you can perhaps even consider disengaging getting right out of the way now this is tricky and it's very specific to a certain army but if you can get away and leave reavers unattended amongst the corsair line suddenly it's a problem for the corsair player and not a problem for you which is which is ideal as an opponent yeah, most likely that's uh, going to be a bit of a lucky setup if that happens, unless you have like a better move value if, if you're, uh, I don't know, Mahas Marauders or um, a, a cavalry army. army. Yeah, yeah, yeah cavalry army. Cavalry army is actually one of the ones that don't mind taking the courses as much as other armies because they can do that and they can sometimes maneuver and hit you at range. Like Rohan doesn't mind it so much. They don't. They don't like it. It's not their favorite matchup, but at least they've got the range on the throwing spears and things. Uh, okay, so that's the Reavers. Uh, I think one of the other things I want to talk about, and we went into it a bit in the Nodine, but the Black Numenorians and, and how they function within the list. I think we discussed having that spear line behind them. You can throw the throwing weapons through. They have to charge you through terror. It's, it's kind of a nice little setup to have. Um, how do you see that sort of functioning as a line where, like, what are you going to do in an objective-based scenario if you've really got to push? And what kind of heroes do you think you're taking alongside of the Black Numenorians? Yeah, so the Black Numenorians I consider as being a, a bit of an alternative playstyle to to Arbalest to spam because they they do a similar role in a in a different way. Like that, you push them forward, you hide behind them, but you use their terror to break up the enemy when they try to get to you. So that they're perfect if you want to go and camp, say I don't know, five inches away from from the enemy, then they try to charge if they're susceptible to terror. And you, you maybe you've got the Wraith to support as well. Who knows? But if they're susceptible to Terra, suddenly they're, they're getting a, a dodgy line coming at you. You can throw a Spears, and then you can take advantage to it when the line's broken and then envelop all the models that came and charged you on their own next turn. So something like a Goblin Town, this is not a bad strategy at all to just put a, a bunch of uh, Black Numenorians, say, in a bit of a bottleneck and let them fail some Terra tests trying to get to you and then just be annoying and, and throw a have a Spear... 
um, Corsair behind them. They're really good for those little bottlenecks. So if I'm taking them, I'm basically the main Corsair force is still running around as normal, but I'm 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 just defending little gaps in the li- in between terrain with with two or three black Numenorians and the guys behind them. I, I probably not taking the Marshal. Maybe I would, but. If I'm going heavy on Black Numenorians, I'm looking at the Ring Wraith pretty much for that Harbinger of Evil because I feel like their best advantage is the Terror. Let, let's let's go in on it and let's have a have a flying Wraith around. That's that's my favorite way of doing it. But um, they also give you the nice banner, which is good because it can be alternative to the Boson. Kylie, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I love the the addition of the banner and the Warhorn. They do fix some uh, problems with the uh, Corsair list, but. The problem with it is you're trading something to get them. Because they're what, nine points of pop, the banner is 25, the Warhorn's 30. If, if you're going to tech into Black Numen Orange, you're pretty much saying either I'm giving up my Reavers or I'm giving up my Arbalesters. And it's, it's a tricky spot to be in sometimes when you have these models in your army because it, it fundamentally changes the dynamic of how your Corsair army wants to play. Do you want to play, you know, disengage throwing weapon Because if you bring these models in, you're lowering your throwing weapon count. If you're 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 removing reavers from your from your army list, so you're changing the fundamental dynamics of the list, and it almost turns into a black Numenorian list with throwing weapon support. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's really well put. Yeah, it, it changes the the fundamental basis of the list. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's interesting that, isn't it? Um, how it kind of, I've, I, there's not many lists I think in the game where you have such a dichotomy of what you can take. You have the corsair side and the black numb side, and they kind of don't really mesh, do they? They don't really like sort of work together that well at all. Um, I, I mean, obviously, as you say, we can, we can write a list with both of those things in there, but I think the synergy is, is a little bit limited. It's kind of it's kind of a funky mm-hmm. list. We're mm-hmm. definitely going to talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah. I, I think that would be more attractive if the Corsairs weren't so impressive, a stat line, because the... I think there is definitely some value in having a Black Numenorian heavy army with Corsair support, but the problem I get with this army list is that all the Corsair stuff is so good, you can't go wrong with it, that you you tend to go this way. And if you're playing this list, chances are you like the Corsairs as well anyway. So by the time you've got all the Corsair stuff in that you like, the Black Numenorians often get left behind, except maybe the Banner Bearer or a couple of them there. So I think it's an interesting one if you're if you're seriously into this list to try try play around with the Black Numenorian side of it as a different play style and even just try to psych out your opponent a bit, say you're playing a Corsairs of Umbar list and then take a Black Numenorian heavy list. I think that could uh could have some interesting setups as well and they might not expect it. Mm, I, I will say I, I have major props for the Black Numenorian banner there. It can be a very good substitute for your bosun. Um, simply because it does provide victory points for those scenarios that require you to have a banner. Isn't it silly that in 2020 we're still talking about, yeah, you have to take a banner? Cause some I, of hate banner. I hate it. I hate it. Or at least, because that's one of the things like with competitive army list building is the victory points in the competitive list are paramount. You cannot go into a tournament without it. Like you have to be planning around yep. worst case scenarios. You mm-hmm. have to be planning around playing around every scenario simply because of how tournament structure is. Yeah, so it's um, like, do you really want to walk into a particular match play scenario where you're at a disadvantage? No. Yeah. No, you don't. You, you can't because it changes the way you have to play that game. So 
One of the things I would love to see going forward from the design team is either one, removing that stipulation completely, or two, which I think would be the the kind of the better option, is look at the lists that don't have banner options, but giving a special rule or or something like that to other parts of the list to provide that effect. So I think a good example would be Goblin Drums. Let mm-hmm. Goblin Drums count as banners for the purposes of victory points. And they've, they've just done exactly that, haven't they? Yeah, so, um, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good example. Yeah. Of it. And yeah. that, that, that would fix so many of the problems with a lot of these lists and why you don't see them as much in competitive tournaments because of the victory point disparity that you, you would normally get for these players. You know what I would like? If you didn't have a banner or something like that, and, and like you, if you, I don't know, didn't take it for some reason, change that rule to be your lowest points hero. So something like, just to, to break it up, that you've got to protect, like, a, I don't know, someone of value. So the all hero That's list, suddenly so cool. you have to protect your Pippin instead yeah. of instead of something else. And you can still get those points, but it's not an easy protect because it, it's the weakest member of your, your group. So... I think there could be ways to play around of it. I, I agree. Look, banners are fantastic from a gameplay point of view, but I do, yeah, I get the point with the victory points that that's the Boson and the Black Numenorian in terms of gameplay give you the same effect. But in terms of victory points, why is one more important than the other? Yeah, I, I think I, I love that idea. I have one question though. How much is a siege veteran worth? <laughs> it's worth the entire cost of the whole profile. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yep, I like that. Yeah. One last uh, kind of like keep it secret stuff that I kind of want to get into that we haven't overly touched on, and that's Delamere and the Hashrins. Because I think that these guys are the hammer to do the Corsair Anvil. And the I, way. I just want to, sorry, I don't mean to break your train of thought, but I want to note that the plural of Hasherin is Hashari or Hasharai. Hashari, I think it is. Hashari. Something like that. Dalamir and the Hashari, I feel they have one a special place in my heart, but two, I think, have a very special place in the Corsair list, particularly with how they deal with problem models of other of your opponent's list and how you can use them to kind of get around some of some of your opponent's really tricky tricky stuff to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. The, my normal tactic against Corsairs is to throw my heroes into one of their heroes. So that's that's way I can make sure my hero's getting value. But with the Hashari around, that becomes a problem because that's the one guy you don't really want to go into with heroes. And the problem is, is they're often clever enough to be able to fit two of them in. So they'll, they'll find a way to get another one in. And once you're taking on two of these guys, they do exactly what they're supposed to do. They assassinate heroes. They take out heroes very, very... Well, very, very consistently. Not, I'm not going to say easily, but consistently. So these guys are really good. But also things like monsters you might be a little bit scared of. Monsters, maybe you can't shoot them out. Maybe you can't do much. Send in the Hashari and go and take them on because they're not too worried about it. They'll get all their bonuses to wound, their Bane of Kings, and away they go and they'll go monster hunting. Yeah, agreed. And one of the things I absolutely love is they're elven cloaks. Because Hashari, you pretty much always need to play around terrain with them simply because of how how the kit is is kind of laid out for them. But they're really good at dealing with like enemy cavalry, for instance. They're really good at and really good at dueling enemy heroes with their throwing weapons. Now we haven't really talked a bit about how hero throwing weapons, particularly Sharon hero weapon uh, throwing weapons, 
how potent they are against enemy heroes. Because mm. of the three plus to hit, because of the reroll to wound at the strength three, you can generally sometimes get away with six, sometimes even fives to wound, especially if you factor in that might point. And they can be a really good way of dealing with enemy heroes on horse or any big threats such as, you know, like your, your Gilgalads, your, your Glorfindals, you know, those big kind of 3-3 three, three heroes that kind of run at you and be annoying. Hisharans have a surprising, are surprisingly effective at either A, blunting their charge by calling heroic defense, or B, whittling away with them and costing those models, those big models, time. And they're really good at buying tempo against them because of their three fate, two wounds, can't be trapped. And when you're ducking in around a terrain, you know, zipping behind a terrain piece, take out line of sight so they can't charge, then they run around the corner, bam, you back up another throwing weapon, you get priority in the next turn, bam, there's a second throwing weapon. And these little advantages you can slowly build up over the course of the game and Yes, Yahashirin might lose these one-on-ones in the long run against a big hero like an Aragorn or something like that, or a Boromir, but they whittle them down and cost the hero so much time that the rest of your army can go to work and deal with, you know, the Gondorians and the Moran and Orcs of the world. And mm. it's interesting. Okay, so we t- we've talked here about the Hasharan being uh, hero killers, hero delayers, really good value for points. But another thing that they can do is just push through troops. They're one of the best models in the game for consistently killing two troops a turn. You can just walk through enemy armies. If you have two or three of them next to each other, they can just push right through a line incredibly quickly. Uh, the, the rate that they can go through things. Like, I, I've gone in with a, uh, a Sharon taken out, uh, combated off a half-troll into two other half-trolls and taken one of them out as well. Like, the, they're incredibly quick and they do provide that tempo that Kylie's talking about. They can be so quick that your opponent doesn't have time to get their heroes into a position to sort of counteract the speed at which you're taking out their troops. And, and Maddie, you hit on a really good point. It, and the, the one, one actually I absolutely love is the Hashari Hit Squad. Now, th- this is basically your Dalmir, your two Hashirin, or your trip Hashirin running as a three-man unit. And I love running this three-man unit away from my main battle line because it does something really interesting for your opponent. They, they are forced to either react to them, and at which case they will duel them, possibly maybe even take out a hero because it's three Hishari. They can do that, especially with Delamere's smoke bombs on hand. Or two, they cost your opponent so much time and tempo and positioning that your Hashirins can slap into the flank and you know start doing some major damage as a hammer to the rest of your Corsair Anvil. Yeah, and you, you don't lose a whole lot from doing that either because, you know, most heroes you do want to keep around your lines. They're providing you with heroic moves, heroic combats, all that sort of thing. We've got Delgamar yeah. for that. We've got Delgamar yeah. to sit in the middle of your army and call heroic moves and stuff. Delgamar, you've got captains, you've got uh, different heroes in this list with that capability, bosuns even. But um, a Sharon with only the one might point and all of this offensive capability don't really want to be using that on a heroic move. Uh, their might is better spent elsewhere. So having that sort of removed, the, the hit squad, look, I, I'm i not always a huge fan of the sort of phrases you come up with, Kylie, but I like the Hasharan hit squad. Or Hashari, sorry, Hashari hit squad. Yeah, send three of them out, flank your opponent, and uh, w- watch them lose all certainty in their game plans. 
One of my one of my a little story time with Kylie here. One of my, the, my most favorite things I've ever done with the Hashari Hit Squad is I I threatened to flank against a dwarf player, and my my opponent decided, you know what, the best way to deal with these Hasharis is to send Gimli, a Vault Warden team, two Iron Guard and a Kazagard to go, you know, hold this flank against them. Against them, the Hashari blowpiped out one of the Iron Guard. Throwing weapon the Kazakh guard out, and then on the charge with their throwing weapons, popping a couple of might here and there, killed the spear support to the vault warden and the other iron guard. Suddenly, Gimli is now on a three-on-one combat, and he did not look like he was in good shape. Eventually, the Hashiram took him down with uh, with the help of the smoke bombs and a, and a, a nicely timed heroic strike. Because all you need is three models to get a trap in the open, and that's what has, the Hashari hit squad can do. Yeah, if I ever see these guys, I am somewhere else on the board. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm just running away. I'll, I'll set up my battle line anywhere else around these guys. So they work as the perfect shepherds for me because they will, they will push me around the board. But I do not want to go into these because if I go in with troops, they're gone. If I go in with heroes, they're probably gone as well. If I go in with my whole army, you know, the Corsairs are just around the corner to, to take advantage of that. So I mm. just I just leg it away from them as quickly as possible. And, and that's why I love having the blowpipe on them because you run away from them and then suddenly, like, they, they line, like, the Hashari with the blowpipes line up the perfect shot on your hero and then snipe out the horse or, 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 or something equally stupid like a banner or a horn or something like that. The, the, these guys are, they're assassins. And that's what you, how you need to play them as. They can either be the, 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 the run in and slay everyone in the line kind of assassin or the, the surgical removal of a hero. And they're just so damn flexible when played correctly that they're just, they're absolutely one of my favorite models in the game for this exact reason. And they slot into the Corsair list so perfectly. They exemplify and uh, exemplify and uh, empower all of the Corsairs' kind of strengths, and they patched up a couple of their weaknesses too. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're a great hero for this list, yeah. And I'm I'm always surprised when we don't see many Hashari being run in, in other areas. Like, I'd never see them being talked about much or many mm. lists written with them. And I wonder if it's because of maybe a lack of terrain, because I think they're one of the models in the game that benefits the most from, like, a lot of terrain around the board. Just a moderate amount of terrain. Like, just so long as they have access to a decent terrain feature at any point in the game, they're going to be useful. They're going to be effective. Well, let me rephrase that then. They're one of the best models at taking advantage of any given terrain piece. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Give them a pebble and they're all good. They're hiding and away they go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, well, I I think we covered most of the list. Any, Any final thoughts? Uh, just one, just one little final thought. It's it's a little trick called the smoke bomb flash kill. Now, it's not a major strategy, but it is a toolbox strategy, one that you can pop out, pop out, out if if the stars align and you find yourself in the circumstances, you can go for it. It is basically a guaranteed kill if you can pull it off. But basically, you line it up so that Dalamir has a clear shot in an enemy hero with a smoke bomb. The enemy hero cannot be in combat. That is the big one. Then you need a Hashirin and another hero in your forts to be strike combat uh, off a warrior or a pleb and be able to go into that hero. That enemy hero now has a choice. Do they spend the will point to block the smoke bomb or possibly even call a strike? Or do they let it go and allow themselves to be charged by a striking up Hashari? 
can be a very nasty trick, especially if you want to control a bit of the board and knock out some of your opponent's resources. Yeah, brutal. Brutal. That sounds like an easy choice to me. I'm spinning the wheel every time. Every time a smoke bomb's coming at me. (laughs) That's right. What's the best way to to fight against the Corsairs, Kylie, do you think? What worries you when someone's really pushing you? Hyper-engage is is very, very potent against the Corsairs. By hyper-engage, I'm talking something like uh, orcs with a drum and a march going 12 inches a turn straight at your face with defense six. That can can be a, a big worry. But the big one is someone who has uh, awareness of what the Corsair army can do, and particularly a, a forcing the issue, making you react to them, because Corsairs want to react to your opponent. If you're forcing the Corsair player to be hyper-reactive, so really, like, putting them in a really bad situation, then the Corsair player is going to always be at a disadvantage because there's so much of their, their game plan is about setting you up. When you are being forced to set up against them, it gets a, can get a bit dicey. So with your opponents, you want to be looking at getting into uh, the Corsair heroes if you can because the Corsairs aren't going to pull their dirty throwing weapon trick out if one of their heroes are in combat unless they're, you know... Next level be braining it and and are going to sack one of the heroes to keep you pinned in place. But even then, it becomes a lot more tricky to do when the Corsair hero, you know, has, you know, a couple of wounds there instead of just the one. So always look, if you're going to go for a big hyper-engage march, get into the Corsair's face, look at pinning their big heroes and look at just getting into them and just getting stuck there so that the rest of the army is forced to engage to go bail them out, especially if it's something like a Bosun or Dalamir or Dalgamar. The Corsair player will react to go save them. Those three heroes are big key models to the Corsair list that need to stay alive, basically, to keep the Corsair list in the game. Kind of the, the last big thing that when you're playing against Corsairs that you need to remember is you need to whittle down their model count. If, if you can rapidly do so like i'm talking straight up burnouts the corsairs are most effective when they have their throwing weapons to bear if you can flash down and knock out a lot of their throwing weapons in quick succession either with you know juicy hurls or with mass combats or, or something of that ilk then you're going to be in a much better chance to play out the game and that's what you want to You want to kind of corner them and get into a position where you can start knocking down troops because the Corsairs are really, really scary when they can get in and get in and trap you. You don't want to get trapped and you don't want to get overwhelmed when you get Corsairs because that's how they, they get you. Is they throw a weapon, they whittle you down, and they get in with the numbers advantage. You want to nullify that null- numbers advantage as soon as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Be aggressive against them. They they want you to be slow and, and stuffing around and not doing much. So so if you can throw them off, they tend to make some mistakes. And they, their weakness is that they if they make a mistake, they often lose a model. So don't be afraid to put pressure back on them. It, it's a tough ask. You've got you to be really brave about it, but go for it. Go, go, go be aggressive. As a wise cavalry commander once said, sometimes you just have to go forward, accept the losses, and charge. All right. Well, thanks, guys. That, that's a lot to take in for this particular list. There's so many different ways to play it. Really uh, awesome, awesome, unique list, unique models, unique heroes, everything. There's a lot to love about this list. Let's move right along to the next segment. 
Scenario Spotlight. The Black Ships Exiting the paths of the dead without the army he had hoped for, Aragorn begins to despair upon the sight of the black sails of the Corsair ships that now fill the River Anduin. Yet, as hope begins to fade, the King of the Dead emerges from the White Mountains, pledging to finally fulfil their oath to the King of Gondor. With hope renewed, Aragorn, along with Legolas and Gimli, confronts the Corsairs of Umbar from the banks of the Anduin, commanding them to go no further, a demand that was met with naught but scorn and cruel laughter from the decks of the black-sailed vessels, for the captains of the ships could see no way for a man, an elf, and a dwarf to even attempt to board a single ship, let alone prevent the entire Corsair fleet from entering Gondor as planned. Raising Underill Woods, Aragorn commands his army of dead men to go forth. Seemingly from nowhere, the shadow host leapt, a ghostly green glow now racing across the water towards the Corsair ships. Desperate to stand by their oath and finally be at peace, the dead will stop at nothing to deliver the fleet of Corsairs to Isildur's heir. Thanks for that reading once again, Jeremy. Incredibly scene setting. Okay, I really love the idea of this scenario. Let's go. Firstly, the layout. This scenario is played on a 4x4 board. The entire board represents the river Anduin, and so is completely covered by water. Excellent. Full water board. Very easy to make. Mm. Touching the eastern board edge are three Corsair ships. Ooh, a little less easy to make, but very, very cool. And uh, I know Jeremy's created those, and they're quite incredible. Please check out his page and what he's done with those. <laughs> you put me pressure, I've got to finish them. <laughs> Green Dragon Podcast, check them out. Awesome boats. Each one is roughly 12 inches long, 4 inches wide, 3 inches high. I thought they'd be a little bit higher than that, but okay. That's pretty high. Oh, as in just the deck would be 3 inches high. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I was thinking of the sails for some reason. No, 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 no. <laughs> A little bit higher, I would have thought. <laughs> uh, okay, the evil player deploys one Corsair captain, one Corsair bosun, and eight Corsairs in each of the ships. The good player then deploys all of their models anywhere within 12 inches of the southern board, uh, board edge. But, but Matt, you just said they were, it was all water. What are they doing on water? Ah, dear reader, dear listener, I should say. You're about to find out why. The Corsairs of Umbar have been tasked with sailing to Gondor and plundering the city of Minas Tirith. But to do this, they must sail up the Anduin. The army of the dead have been sent by Aragorn to capture the Black Fleet and slay the evil men that crew them. The good player wins if all the Corsairs are slain, every single one of them, before the ships can escape the board. The evil player wins if two or more ships can escape the board via the western board edge with Corsairs still alive upon them. Any other result is a draw. Okay, so we've got some special rules here. Corsair ships. The ships of the Corsairs are sailing towards their destination of Minas Tirith, moving along the river Anduin. At the start of each turn, before priority is rolled, each Corsair ship moves 6d6 inches, I should say, directly towards the eastern board edge. This does not prevent models on the ships from moving during the move phase. Corsair models may not leave the ship they were deployed on. If there are good models in the path of a moving ship, they will be pushed the minimum distance so they are no longer in the ship's path. So they just sort of part, part out of the way. Charge of the dead. The dead charge across the waters of the Anduin and up the bows of the ships. The bows, the bows, completely unhindered. Bows, bows. The bows of the ships, completely unhindered, catching the Corsairs off guard. 
good models in base contact with the Corsair ship may move onto it without making a climb test, as if ghosts should ever be making climb tests. Counting each one inch moved up as one inch of movement. Now that makes a bit more sense. Mm. Okay, that should just be a rule for them, honestly. Anyway, additionally, good models gain a bonus of plus one fight value on a turn in which they charge. Brutal. Very effective for the ghosts against the Corsairs. King of the Dead, sent forth by Aragorn, the King of the Dead is determined to deliver the Corsair fleet to Isildur's heir and finally be free of his eternal punishment. The King of the Dead counts as a banner with a range of six inches to all good models. Additionally, after he has killed three or more models, the King of the Dead gains the Harbinger of Evil special rule. Mm. Very nasty. Very nasty. Three models you need to get. Not too difficult, I would have thought. One boat should do it. Okay, so the participants in this scenario are the King of the Dead, of course, ten Warriors of the Dead, and six Riders of the Dead, which is massive. That's a huge, like, addition to this particular list, and it's going to be putting in a lot of work, I'd imagine, in this scenario. And on the evil side, we have three Corsair Captains, three Corsair Bosons, and the 24 Corsairs of Umber, eight Shield, eight Spear, eight Bow. Now, I imagine you could... Uh, put those different weapons in different boats, depending on how you're feeling about the scenario. Or would you just go, uh, what is it, four? I can't divide that by three. Yeah, so like a three, three, two, three, two, three, two, three, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting, that one. Okay, so Jeremy, you played through these this scenario. What did you think? So I, I did my solo scenarios. I was really attracted to this one. It's from the Lord of the Rings, uh, the Armies of Lord of the Rings book. It's hidden away there, and it's so different to anything else I've played. So first thing that, that I noticed that you've got about 36 inches to get for the ship. So I played it so once they touch the board edge, they disappear. So I didn't go the whole length of the ship getting off because I didn't want models to be like half on and half off. So basically once the ship touches the edge, they went off. So that gave me thir- they had made 36 inches of movement for the ships. And that took about, on average, it's 11 turns. So some of them are quicker than 11 turns. So probably one of the ships is going faster than that. So your time limit is very, very tough. It's 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 challenging because, yeah, you can set up and, and grab a ship early on and, and you probably want to, but it takes pretty much the whole uh, good force to take down a ship. Like you can't you can't go piecemeal because if you go piecemeal, you start losing combat, you start losing fights, and once you start losing Army of the Dead, you're in a lot of trouble. And while you're doing that, someone's shooting you with some bows or some throwing weapons and taking out you guys, potentially one or two Army of the Dead really hurts. So it is challenging for them. First time I played it, I used the boat as defended. So if they were climbing up the sides, they could get uh, defended. Bad move. Don't do that. Because the Corsairs are already good enough. Because the Corsairs have this amazing bit of war gear called a shield. So they can sit there and shield away their fight for base. So they're, they're in pretty good company. Even if the army that they're charged, they get to fight for. So you're still winning it. You've got a boson on every ship. So every ship is getting re-rolls, although the King of the Dead does count as a banner as well. So you're getting re-rolls versus re-rolls. So you're about a 50-50 for winning combats altogether. Yes, the King of the Dead is good when he charges. Yes, he's good when he doesn't charge. But even then, killing three, you've got to make a choice where do you go for warriors early on and try to build up that harbinger of evil, which is not a bad idea, or do you try to get those captains out early because all the captains have might and all the bosuns have might so it's actually really really challenging to take down a ship so i played it a few times and the best result i got was the corsairs winning every time like they just <laughs> they, they, they got off so so i could clear one ship at one point i cleared all but one person on the second ship and then it disappeared off 
but that's the best I got. The best I got was was to almost clear the second ship to get the draw. So this was really, really tough. So I don't know, maybe you could play around with it a little bit and, and your results may vary depending on your ships, I guess, how they set up your deployment. But it was really tough because you can set up with the Corsairs so that when you receive the charge, you've got a, a shieldman or you've got guys with spear support. So you can definitely take a charge for a turn or two. And if, you, if you're looking at, say, 11 turns on average for the ships to get off, you're looking at about three turns per ship. That's really tough, and that includes the travel time as well. And you've only got one model mm. with a single point of might for a heroic combat, maybe, which you're probably using for something else potentially, like a heroic move if you really need to get the charge off. It's it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, I thought it might be as much simply for the tempo required to get to the third ship. I mean, yeah. you could basically just go, right, third ship, every single one of my shields on that ship, a couple of spears, my bosun, my my captain, and then just tank up and just never die. Yeah, just looking at the numbers, it just seems a bit unfair, doesn't it? Wipe everything out in limited turns. Having less models than your opponent is always going to make it tough. Yeah, because the army of the dead, they're hard to kill, but that's their main thing. They, they don't kill Corsairs faster than they kill anyone. So the Corsairs, their, their weakness is their defense. They don't care about an army of the dead because they're, they're just as hard to kill as anything else. So they become really tough to kill for the army of the dead compared to everything else they fight. So they're definitely the appropriate opponent for this. It's definitely thematic. But I almost feel like the victory conditions should be moved where if the uh, army of the dead managed to get two ships to count as a victory because I just had trouble doing that. I know that I've, I've heard rumors that these... The, all these scenarios are, are play-tested very thoroughly. I won't say who said that, of course, but I'm not sure about this one because uh, people must be have very different ships to me or, or very different model count because even then, my ships were a little bit lower than three inches. It's only the very end of them that are three inches, so the rest of it's a little bit less. So my my army did are actually a little bit faster than, than they're supposed to be because it's half your movement just to get up onto the ship. Oftentimes, the Corsairs are right on the edge of the ship, so whether you fudge it and let them be on the ship and just hover or whether you, you push them back off the ship, I'm not sure. But it's just, it's really tough to kill in that time limit. It's a very tough time limit. Maybe they always rolled ones and twos for the movement, but I don't know. I don't I don't feel that could be the did case. You, just a question, Jeremy. Did you play uh, with without the defending rules in any of the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got rid of those as soon as possible from the first one. So I played it once with defending rules and then totally got rid of them and just said, don't give the Corsairs any defending rules because they... <laughs> then then it doubles just the time it takes to get there again and and you might not even get a single ship at that point. Mm. Yeah, wow. It, yeah, it's it, it does look like a very tough scenario. One one suggestion I would have is the might disparity in particular looks very nasty. Um maybe a herald would be good to add in, but yeah, there, 100%. there's a lot You could probably oh. throw in two heralds and then maybe it's a bit closer. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah. In fact, because and then you you've got that blister, don't you? Isn't it the King of the Dead with the two heralds? Yeah, yeah, that's how they come packaged up. Yep. Yeah, but it's kind of strange that that's not how they did it. This oh be- no, this was this was before the heralds. Yes, stuff, yes, so. absolutely, it was. Yeah, you could definitely modify that way. I think that's how you'd modify this one if you really got into it. It's once you've invested in the ships and the the water board or or your proxy to do that. I think you're going to want to make this work because it's actually a really cool scenario. So I think you would probably just balance it by adding more army of the dead. I think that's probably the best way to do it. How did you find the riders in terms of um, using their movement to keep up? 
the biggest advantage of the riders is you can set them up so they can take on the other side of the ship because the Corsairs can't can't defend the whole ship at once because they don't have enough models to do that. So what they'll do is they'll set it up so that the infantry has to charge a set-up wall. So the riders are able to use their speed to get around and basically take on the back of the ship. But they do take up a huge amount of place on the ship that you have to do a little bit of fudging with placement. Uh, and it's hard to get them in. So th- they do help. They help with the killing more than anything because if you get a charge off with the riders, they're pretty much guaranteed to get a kill, whereas the infantry is not. It's a 50-50. So they, they are... They are absolutely necessary. They're incredibly valuable, but they also have the every throwing weapon and every bow shot goes straight at these riders and tries to take out the horse as soon as possible. So you, I tend to lose about two horses per game on average, and that was enough to mean that there was a bit less. And then I'd usually use the first ship uh, captain to go take out another rider if I could. And then it made it very tricky. Yeah, I can imagine. Was this back when horses were still only defense four as well for the riders? No, they were, they were, uh, the current were rules for the dead. Yep. But even yeah, then, yeah. the, the Corsair captains have no problem taking out an army of the dead horse or even an army of the dead they're not too bad about because you you actually trade their might for an army of the dead if you could. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Every time. Only, Every time. There's only 17 models in that list. Every good model is precious and almost like needs to be like eight riders, 20 warriors of the dead, maybe even a herald on top of that from from what you're talking about now, Jeremy. Or you slow the ships down heaps. You go D3 and then essentially significantly mm. increase the turns. Yeah, D3 could work as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of options to just give you more time and that's really all you need, isn't it? But they need more resources to take out the three ships because I, I honestly don't think that they could in the majority of time, take on the three ships, even if there's no time limit. I think I think over half the time, the Corsairs are going to win just by being Corsairs on the ships. So I, I think you have to do something about that. Uh, yes, they go and they take on whatever. If ideal conditions, they put 17 models onto a ship of 10 models. But every time they lose a model or two, next time it's a ship of... 15 models going against the, 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 the 10 and they lose a couple more and it starts to spiral out of control. So uh, I, I think this one needs some work, but it's it's worth it because it's so unique. It's so different to all the others. And it really feels like the Corsair type scenario because this is what they did in the movie. They they went and they died to army the dead. That was their job. So it was nice to have that scenario that represents it. Cool. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Thank you once again for running us through this scenario, Jeremy. And uh, let's move on to the next segment. Mustering an army. mustering an army now we get to show you what kind of list you're going to face with corsairs or what you're going to fight with what you're building towards and you'll be impressed how much we can fit into a corsair list because these guys are priced as a bargain so i'm going to start off i've got a 500 point list which is on the middle to low side it's not a huge army by any stretch but this has got a number of boots on the ground lots of boots on the ground it's got 39 models so that's going to be 78 boots on the ground assuming no peg legs in this one which there may be depending on your conversions (laughs) 
So in warband number one, my first warband, I've gone for the classic Delamere, the fleet master of Umbar. You don't need to buy him anything. He's just a straight 90 points, as we know, and you just he can lead up to 18. I've just decided to have only 15 this time. So he's got five courses of Umbar with shield, five with spear, and five with bow, because I figure if you get the plastic sets, you're going to want to use these models. So he's got the mobile Corsairs. Then in warband number two, I've gone for a Corsair Captain with a crossbow. So once again, you get that in the pack. So Corsair Captain with a crossbow, doing what we said before. His job is to provide some support to your missile troops. And if you really need to spend some points of might on either a march or on assassinating a horse or something like that, he's got the might to do it. Then he's got three Corsairs of Umbar with shield, three Corsairs with spear, and six Corsair Arbalesters. So he's got the crossbow. He's got the six Arbalesters. So he's got a... a not a huge number, but I think it's enough for this army because in my third warband, I've gone for a bosun with spear and he's prodding nine Corsair Reavers. So I've gone a big number of Corsair Reavers, lots of Reavers here, lots of them to, to bottle up and hide behind the Arbalesters as I, as I unleash them. 39 models, so I've got a huge amount of models. So even if I lose these nine Reavers, it's not the end of the world, but I am pushing hard with this army. It's going to be a tough army to to play against just because it's got a lot of bodies on the ground for, for 500 points. Not a lot in the way of the heroes. I've gone pretty bare bones with the heroes. I've got the Delamy. is fantastic. Delamy can do all the hero stuff he needs to, but only backing up with a Corsair Captain and a Bosun, and the Bosun's essentially playing uh, Reaver Guard and Banner... Uh, role, I may may have a little bit of a weakness on heroes, but I think every Corsair is a threat to heroes and a threat to everyone else. And to have this many at 500, I'm very satisfied with. In fact, I could probably play with my eyes closed at this point. How many models did you say you had again? 30? 30... 39. How did you get 39 models in at 500? You just... Dear lordy, that's a lot of Corsairs. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't have a very high Arbalester count, did you? No, I've gone six Arbalesters, and I've gone yeah. I've gone almost the minimum heroes you'd take at this level. Right, right, yeah, okay, okay. I, I, I see where there is a possible Achilles heel to the list. That said, though, you have the standard, you know, Corsair, throw throwing weapons at your own guys and, and watch them die to, to prevent enemy hero, hero, hero combat shenanigans. So you've got that in spades. I like it. I like it. I, I rated a an A, straight up A. <laughs> Maybe an A minus because it doesn't matter. But you know, I thought that was an eight. I thought we were rating lists again. I thought we got rid of that. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> all, my, all my lists were rated low. Yeah. I didn't like it. No, no, no. <laughs> but I'll rate it a, a, a B plus. Mm. But a solid B plus <laughs> a very nice list. Uh, 39 models is ridiculous. It's, That's it's ridiculous. Silly. I'm trying That's to add this up in my head. I'm like, how? How did you do it? And it's like, yeah, you, you did. Yeah. You didn't go like shield spear, any of those combos. You didn't go for any hashery. You just went bare bones, corsairs. And yeah. honestly, if, if, if there was a list that we'll, we'll probably ever talk about today... This is the list to get you started on Corsairs. This is this is what you want to aim for for your first kind of, you know, baby's first Corsair army. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is it gives you a bit of a taste of everything. 
and you can get to you get to learn how to use the arbalesters. You get to learn to how to use the reavers. You've got some movement, so if you need to run forward, your bowmen don't mind that as well. They can just be extra throwing weapon guys. So you've got a good amount of throwing weapons as well. So I, I think it does a bit of everything. I've spent what is it 191 on my heroes, so that's that's on the relatively low end. Like it's for for the Corsair list, and because you're running at eight points a model, you're getting a huge amount of them as well. And you're not paying really any extra for the banner because it comes with a hero. It comes with the bosun, so you just get bargains of this army and oh I, I really like this one and this is how I would I would run it at five hundred for sure. Yep. Got everything you want in there. Mm. 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 I like it, yeah. Yeah yeah uh, thirty nine models. Oi. <laughs> yeah. Oi. Oh Oi. yeah you need to be using that backstabbers. Pretty much. It's it's the it's just it's a spam army essentially. Like even even a horde army that gets to thirty nine models is probably doing okay. So I just think it's it's a maximizing the models, but I haven't really cut corners too much. Like it's not like I've gone to two heroes or anything like that. I've still got the three heroes. One, one might say it's an anti horde army horde army. <laughs> yeah, one might. Because I I back corsairs against horde anything else in the game. Oh, give me Goblin Town. Give me Goblin Town. Oh, this guy. This would be this would be the army that Goblin Town sees and goes, "Huh, well, this is gonna suck." Oh, you just even, even like those cheesy Goblin Town armies with a shade. They're gonna look at this and go, "Yeah, I don't want to play that." No, I honestly, I I feel like. I feel like I, without any effort whatsoever, I have totally like gone maximum value for minimum points. Like it's just, it feels dirty. Not gonna lie, I feel exactly the same way about the lists that I've written. They, they, it feels so easy to write for uh, courses. <laughs> yeah, it does. Kylie, what's your list? My list. Well, my list is. Look, I'll be honest. I I, I decided to take a shortcut. It's a very efficient shortcut. It's the list I took to Honor Unleashed earlier this year. Uh, so this is a 750-point list. That is 750 of pure Corsair dominance. So Warband number one is, of course, led by Delamere, the fleet master of Umbar, coming in at 90 points. He is leading six Corsairs of Umbar with shield and spear and five Corsairs of Umbar with just shields. In Warband number two, we have Delgamar, gate master of Umbar. He is leading three Corsairs with spear, three Corsairs with shield, and three Corsairs with bow. So nine Corsairs in total in his little warband. In warband number three, we have the fire support in a Corsair captain with crossbow, and he is leading nine Corsair Arbalesters. Next, we have warband number four, and that is the Corsair Boson with shield and spear. And he is leading seven Corsair Reavers for a little bit of extra punch. And finally, in Warband 5 and Warband 6, we have two Hasherin leading their respective Warbands, all by their Losum. They're there as a pseudo-independent Warband and just, you know, to be annoying. Mm. How many models did you get for 750? 72. <laughs> no way. But, I am, but I, am, I am running the trip Hasherin. And all up, I have six heroes too, and a decent store of might. Seventy-two. No, forty-two. Forty-two. Okay, few. Forty-two. Forty-two. Yeah, not seventy-two. Well, seven. Not running hard. If I didn't have the last two hashons, yeah, maybe we might get seventy-two. <laughs> but no, just just forty-two models. We have a good block of ten crossbows. We have seven corsair reavers to to deal with enemy nasties. 
a solid, solid core of 20 Corsairs of Umbar with throwing weapons, and then uh, the two Hasharin and uh, Dalamir to, to be my little hit squad should I need them. And, you know, this this list led me to great success. It allowed me to win uh, Arda Unleashed, and, yeah, I have great fondness for this for this list. So the main difference is for, for an extra 250 points, you've added almost 250 points worth of heroes. Is that right? Uh, essentially, yeah. I, I just went and, you know what, 250 points, I'm going to slap in a Hasharin, I'm going to slap in another Hasharin, and you know what, I'm going to slap in a Dalgamar for, for for extra measure as well. That's essentially what I've done to your list, Jeremy, is added a Dalgamar and two Hasharin. Yeah, you've got to, you, your worries are around a little bit other way, so you've got a little bit less bone, but nothing to write home about. You don't have the banner either in this one, do you? It's just pure Corsairs, is that right? Yes, although I do have the Boson... Yeah. Ironically enough, when I went to this tournament, I wasn't like attempting to like, you know, be super competitive, and then was pleasantly surprised when the Corsairs just wouldn't stop winning games. Yeah, that's what they do, isn't it? I learned a lot with this list. This is where I learned like all my little tricks and and stuff. Yeah, I think affected the Corsair playstyle. Another thing Kylie's done with her list is she's um she's got maybe a, a. I don't know about better, but I, a different balance of Arbalester to Reavers. She's got nine Arbalesters to seven Reavers, whereas Jeremy's got the, the six Reavers and uh, – what was it? Six, no, nine, sorry. Nine Reavers and six Arbalesters, so mm. it's almost reversed. Yes. Which is interesting. It's just a different play style. Kylie's uh, triple Hisharan is somewhat superior to my triple Hisharan simply because of the list it's ran in. I ran triple Hisharan with Harrod which almost makes it two lists. It makes it the three Hasharan and the rest of the army. Kylie's Hasharan actually get integrated into her army, which makes it incredibly deadly. I saw her do very nasty things with this. I saw her clutch a win against him, somewhat luckily, but still, somewhat somewhat luckily, but Mm. still, you know, it's an incredible list. It's incredibly powerful. You know what they say, Maddie? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Correct. I decided that I was going to take that throwing weapon shot through a combat when the other five throwing weapons that had clear line of sight hadn't moved, one of which was a Hasharin, straight into the Aragorn combat, all miss. It's always the lucky one, isn't it? It's always that one. That one guy, that one guy way at the back that has to shoot through another combat and was on the move. Yeah, screw it. He'll take the shot. And he got it. You know when you take a shot and it's through like, I don't know, four or five in the ways and you get through the third one and you're like, right, this is going to kill my horse. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Yeah. It was kind of like that. It was watching that. It's watching a very, very slow train wreck where you know that that throwing dagger is going to hit its mark. Forget about the point blank three plus to hit throwing weapon with a point of might behind it. Nah, that one's not going to hit. It's it's the the five plus to hit with with, with two in the ways it's going to do the job for me. And that's the power of this list because any given throwing dagger can do something like that. And you have so many of them. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, there's there's nothing more to say. It's a it's a solid. It's, it's a Corsair list. A yeah. Corsair list. Like, there's, there's a case to be made that you could go for extra troops over the the extra two Hasharin, but the these two Hasharin are there to deal with problems that the extra bodies wouldn't be able to easily deal, like Smaug or big scary heroes like the Necromancer or Sauron or. You know, th- those big uber-tier heroes that masses of troops don't really do much against, they just kind of bounce off. 
the Hesharan deal with quite well. It's ironic because I, I think in, in older versions of the game, it was the exact opposite, wasn't it? It was right? the, You need those troops. You need to pad out those numbers. Any troop could do this and do that. But no, you, you need the Hesharan for those really big things now to deal with them. But many of the things uh, that you come up against nowadays, you're going to need those strikes, for one, are huge because strike isn't everywhere. And the ability to do big damage, you know, on something like that in one turn or, or in a couple of turns, because you're not going to get more than that, you know? It's almost so, a, a change in mentality of how the game is played in how we view the game as well and how, you know, leaving even just a one-turn opportunity for someone to take advantage and knock out a hero is enough. And if you have the right tools, you can run in and knock out that one, that one hero in the single turn that you, that you have given to you. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's it. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Matt, what have you got? Have you got 750 as well or have you gone a bit higher? Ooh, I'm not even sure. I think I've got 800. I think I've gone for an 800 list. Just came for some 800. I know that's a, that's a pretty standard points level, isn't it? Yeah, but I think so. It's on the high yeah. side, but it's a high standard. Is it on the high side? It, it, it's pretty I feel, average. I feel, I feel 750 is kind of your competitive standard. And then so, you've got your... Then, then you got your eight hundred, which is like uh, a bit of extra spice. Well, none of us have played a game in six months, anyway. So who knows what the standard will be after all this? We played, but, uh, we played a game last weekend. Not a tournament game, Kylie. A, t- a tournament oh, game. Yeah, yes. that, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Let's get into it. My leader in this list is Knight of Umbar on Fell Beast. So you may already have an idea of where this is going. This is a pure Corsair, quotation marks, list. Um, He is leading five black Numenorians, five Corsairs of Umbar with Spear, and also one black Numenorian with a banner and one black Numenorian with a war horn. So all up. That is uh, 12 models in his Warband. He is a Hero of Valor, but uh, just the 12 models. That's okay. That's plenty. Uh, and seven Black Numbs in there. Mm. Uh, Warband number two, we have a Black Numenorean Marshal with Armoured Horse and Lance. Now, in the Nothine, I think I talked him down a little bit. I sort of said, yeah, that's not the best option in this list. You might want to call this uh, either a thematic choice or just a personal preference because I do love my heavy hitting heroes on horseback. I love the ones that can just go in and whack something and take something out of the game or heroic combat through, take out four four warriors and just punch a hole in the line. So that's that's going to be his job in this list. And, you know, as we've already discussed, the Black Numenorians, the Corsairs of Umbar with Spear, five more of each of them in his warband. We're doing this shield war with the spear throwing weapons support. That's what we're doing with our army list. However, pushing further on, we have Corsair Boson with spear and shield, and he's leading five Corsairs Mumbai with spear, but this time they're supporting five Corsair Reavers. Mm. So I've gone with a, a bit of a punchier section of the army. Uh, the Boson's only affecting Corsairs, so I haven't actually taken any Black Numbs in his warband, but it doesn't really matter that much. Like you could throw him around different sections of your army because he'll still be affecting your spear supports. So the spear supports will still be getting that um, banner effect. And then, uh, and also I had that banner with the black Numenorian in the first warband. So you've got a couple of different banners in there. That's nice. And finally, I've gone full on with the Arbalesters. I've got a Corsair captain with crossbow and he's leading 11 of them. 
So I wanted I wanted a really nice shooty section of my army, and this is it. This is the the linchpin. This is the center of the army, and I'm going to have a full defense six line because I'm going to have all these arbalesters lined up. I'm going to have all my black Numenorians lined up, and that will allow my uh, reavers to get into position and whack something where they need to. And then of course you've got the Knight of Umbar disrupting, jumping around, and generally putting the scare into enemy heroes. So uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, ring, 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 ring. Sean just called. He wants his Corsair gun line back. <laughs> Plenty um, of obelisks. Yeah, lots of obelisks. 12 crossbows, 11... Uh, that's 12... Like, you can't you can't not knock a 12 crossbow gun line. Honestly, if you're going to write a, a Black Numenorean Corsair list, I think this is it. I think you hit the nail on the head, Matty. I think it's Kylie. I think this is exactly what you'd want to go for. Some some iteration of this, some sort of ilk that resembles this. You could possibly deal without the Warhorn and maybe use those extra points to get a, an extra Arbalester and a couple more guys or, or maybe even put some shields on the spears. That's probably the other uh, thing I'd possibly look at, maybe trying to, you know, scrounge up 15 points to give uh, your spearman shields because I think... I, I should know, there's also one point left over. I was at 799. So, uh, yeah, throw, throw some shields on you guys or, yeah. or someone like your spearman, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's probably the, yeah, the only thing I would look at doing, maybe drop the warhorn, throw spears, uh, throw shields on all your spearmen so that uh, the, the, just just in case your black Numenorean front line get knocked out, you then have a little bit more redundancy with your Corsair Umbars, because, you know, when you get the late game and your front line's died off, you've only got your your spearmen and your bowmen left, having spear shield means you can do a little, little bit more with them, you know, shield, just be annoying and, and, and generally get in the way and stuff and just, just survive a bit longer. Plus, if you do that, nearly every single model in your army then can go non-lethal if they so choose. And we've spoken about non-lethal strikes. It can be handy in very niche situations. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All bar uh, the Reavers and a couple of the heroes. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Even if you could just scrounge five points to put them on the um, the Corsairs that are bodyguarding those Reavers, because I think that could be handy just, just to help them out and not be easily picked on, because that's the one warband that I feel like if it came on on its own, it doesn't have that defense six front that you're relying on quite a bit. So just to, yeah. just to be able to bring it up to a consistent defense uh, four and five across the board, I think would well, be pretty helpful. Well, the Warhorn is what thirty nine points. Nine That's right. If you drop the Warhorn, that re- plus the extra point you have left over, you've then got forty points floating. Drop mm-hmm. fifteen of those into into spim into the spim and to give shields. You then got what twenty five points left. You know what's that? An extra Arblaster, an extra Black Nun, another banner, another banner maybe. A couple of other alternatives. You can, of course, just drop the Black Nun Marshal and you're basically at a Dalamir if you want to run Dalamir instead. Yep. Uh, he does then have to be your leader, but, you know, nothing wrong with that. Oh, yeah, just just muck around with the hero. So even the, the captain could be another bosun if you wanted to do that. And then you've got you've got banners everywhere. You've got banners on your shielding arbalesters as well. Uh, the captain doesn't necessarily need to be a captain. The, you know, there's, there's not a huge benefit to the two mine points other than potentially taking out enemy heroes' horses. But as we said earlier in the uh, the no thine and the keep it secret, I will happily spend two points of my to knock Boromir off his horse. 
Absolutely. Yep. Yep. But yeah, look, I, I was so happy after writing this list not that long ago <laughs> because it was so simple, guys. It's so easy to write for Corsairs. <laughs> this weird hybrid list comes out looking like insanely good. And then, you know, I'll go and write for, I don't know, uh, Easterlings and I'll be like, oh, how do I, oh, there's not enough models and oh, we haven't got enough bows. And No, this thing's got everything. Everything I wanted to put in here fit. Isn't that crazy? Corsairs are really good like that. It's, it's, it's just, you know, cookie cutter. Like swap out your, your tech options. Swap out what little tricks you want. Do you want this trick? Okay, pull that out, put this one in. Oh, I want a bit more might. Okay, I'll take the captain out, put in Dalgamar. Uh, uh, I've got too many banners already. Okay, I'll take out a boson, put in a captain. Or I don't have enough. Take out a captain, put in a boson. Like it's it's so easy to, to swap models out. And I think that's a lot due to the fact that, you know, Dalgamar, the Hasherens, even um, Dalamere to an extent, all kind of fit around that 80-point bracket and the Corsair bosun and the Captains fit, again, around that 50-point bracket. So it's easy to swap in and out certain characters for your list with only, you know, having to drop a guy or being refunded enough points to add one extra guy. So it's very easy to mix and match the the heroes in the Corsair list for, for, for other heroes. Yeah, absolutely great point. Okay, so I'll move right along to my second list, shall I? I'll get my lists out of the way mm. so we can talk about your guys, your actual good lists. My second list is a, a an alliance between the Corsairs and their only green allies, the uh, the Haradrim, the Serpent Horde. So I've gone with I, this is a, this, I wrote this list pretty quickly. So just yeah, with me. <laughs> stop saying that. <laughs> I wrote it very quickly. We've got Dalamir once again. You can't go past Dalamir. He's just such a good hero. However, he's not actually the leader in this list, and we'll get to why. Uh, he has, he's leading seven Corsairs of Umbar with shield, seven Corsairs of Umbar with spear, and I went with four bows, and he's got a max warband of 18. So I, I really spammed the Corsairs out the wazoo on this one. He's got a huge contingent coming along with him. And then the second warband looks very familiar. We've got a Corsair bosun, this time with just a shield. But uh, also very nice to have a shield on a bosun. He's leading six Reavers with six Corsairs of Umbar with Spear backing them up. So once again, just spam um, Corsairs and uh, have that hit squad of Reavers running around. Uh, on their allies' side, the Haradrim, we have the, the leader of the army list, Suladan the Serpent Lord. Uh, he's written a pact with Dalamir, there was a lot of backroom negotiations, but they decided that he would actually be the face of the army and uh, Dalamir would just run around killing all the enemy heroes. You know, so, being a Hasharan. <laughs> being, a, being a Hasharan, indeed. Just, uh, just he, things. Yeah, he, he's riding into battle, slow down, on an armoured horse, and he has with him eight Haradrim raiders with bow, uh, with the poisoned arrows and war spears. So I'm not going to lie, I, I was looking at the two army lists. I'm like, what? what's the standout thing here that I can add to Corsairs? And I'm like, cavalry. We want cavalry. So I'm throwing in the bow-armed cavalry, which is my favorite kind of cavalry, uh, with the war spears with the plus one to hit. So these things are going to hit hard. They're going to shoot hard. They've got sword in with them. They're going to do everything. they got that speed. 
And finally, we have the warband that allows me to get all those raiders, which is Raza Fang of the Serpent. And he's going to be running around with Dalamir and faking out enemy heroes and doing funky things. I'm very excited about that. Oh, oh yeah. And oh. Uh, he's got with him 10 Haradrim Warriors with Spear. That's purely so that I could get all those raiders in there with their bows. Yeah, that's they're just bodies, basically, and, and they're going to run around with their spears. Now... I don't think I mentioned the last army list had a total of 47 models, which I think is extremely good for 800 points, uh, especially with such a big hero as the Knight of Umbar leading them. Mm. Agreed. This list has 52 models at 50 points less. So 750 points we're talking about here. That's correct. 750 points, 52 units total. Matt, this looks oh, great. This looks good. I love this. Yeah, the idea of Raza and Dalamir fighting together with Raza's secret uh, up his fight value to oh. help out is going to be so good. It's going to psych out so many heroes. Saladin, is... Saladin oh, is just phenomenal. Uh, just having that banner effect of six inches as well there, and also you've got the bosun's effect, and Saladin actually counts as a banner, so you've got everything covered, and Corsairs are just so cheap. You've got the Reaver squad as well. You've managed to fit that in. You don't have the Arbalesters, but who cares? You're moving fast for this army. Yeah, I figured um, the, the Arbalesters are sort of being swapped out for the Raiders. So, yeah, it's, it's a much less a sort of um, static army, st- sorry, static line of the, the Arbalesters with your Corsairs moving around them, and it's much more the Raiders going in and, and harassing and then the Corsairs following up and, and finishing stuff off. And, of course, yeah, the Reavers going in and hitting stuff hard as well. So many spears in this list. In fact, I could probably afford to drop some spears off of the Corsairs and actually take more shields instead. But uh, uh, that, that would pretty much make the whole list Defense 4, which is maybe not the worst idea. It might be a way to go. But it does mean that the warbands don't function so well separately. So, it's yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one with that, bit of a balancing act. Maybe I would just drop a couple of those Haradrim Warriors with spear to give the rest uh, shields, to give all of the Corsair shields, I should say. Um, I think, yeah, that'd be like 14 and I've got 13 with spear. That'd be, that'd be perfect. So, uh, that's an alternative there. Can I just, uh, I've been, I've been holding back, but can I just say, Maddie, mm-hmm. Dalamir and Raza, that <laughs> is an inspired combination and I am so mad. I did not think of it first. Like, on a scale of... Of 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 one to a three man Hashari Hashari hit squad. <laughs> this is this is beyond the three man Hashari hit squad. Like that's how much I like this combo of Dalamir and Raza. Like oh my god, the Faker with the smoke bombs. Like oh my god, there's just so much like like layers upon layers. Like you don't even know who's faking out who. With with what and that's what I love about it is the interaction and the second guessing. I could you imagine this army of assassination? Like, what what, what do you do? Oh yeah. What, what do you do? What do you do? Especially if you stick the bosun behind Dalimir and Raza. Like, oh oh oh, the layers, the layers of of like of of inception you can do here. What we could. The only thing I could think of to make this list a little bit more spicy is mm. maybe swapping out the Harajan Warriors with Spear for, like, I don't know, Watches of Kana with two attacks. That wasn't 
looking at that too. could be funky, like you know, the stelly nerve, and then having to resist the magic of hatred spirits because that that would deal with your uh, army of the dead problem pretty effectively too. Yeah, yeah, yeah like. Definitely. Oh my god, like, there's just so much of this list I absolutely love. And yeah, I would make my own little adjustments, but Maddie, Maddie, if, if, if I had to grade this, I would give this a big, fat, stinking A+. Love oh. it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> very, very high praise. Thank you very much. Look, I, I think just just change the taste a bit. I would probably up up this shield a little bit on the course hairs. I would probably grab a couple serpent... Uh, Right, uh, serpent guard, serpent riders, serpent riders guard. for Saladin. Yeah, maybe the riders. Yeah. Yeah, the riders yeah. yeah, but other than that, all fine. Yeah, you can swap out your Haradrim if you want to mix it up. But the the core is here. You you're going for that that four hero combo of Saladin, Delamir, Raza, and Corsairs with Corsairs and Haradrim Raiders or Karajum Cavalry, that's a good combo. And it's one that's really aggressive. It's probably the most aggressive list we've seen out of these ones. If this is running at you, it's doing damage as it's running at you at full speed. Uh, if, if you want to come to it, it can bounce back and do some pretty decent damage with the, the bows of the Raiders. But even then, it's it's a nasty list. And, and those heroes are really intimidating because you don't want to fight any of them because they're they're going to cause you problems. Maybe the maybe the Corsair bows and maybe you go after him. But yeah, just, just nasty heroes. Yeah, yeah. Where where most of the lists we've talked about so far have been sort of a balance between uh, attack and defense. This is incredibly aggressive and and offensive, and it's going to take a lot to weather this storm. So yeah, I was. I, and I would like to reiterate, I wrote this list in like five minutes. It is <laughs> so easy to write for corsairs. So easy. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Well, well. Which is eight hundred points. Yeah. Seven fifty. Uh, this is seven fifty. And it has fifty two models. Whole seven fifty. Seven fifty. Seven fifty. Seven fifty. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, Maddie, Maddie, take it back. Take it back. It's not an A plus. It's an S rank. Oh, S rank right there. Straight <laughs> up S rank. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Kylie. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, we've, we've said all that about this list. Yeah, there's a few things. I, I think you could improve on it, honestly, which is crazy to me. But um, oh, it's, yeah, uh, let's go on to the next list, shall we? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in at 750 as well because... Well, why not? Why not play a pretty standard mode for it? So I've gone for another alliance here. I've got a yellow alliance this time, so I'm losing my backstabbers, which is not particularly nice. I must admit, it's 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 painful to lose that one. So I've got Delamir as well. I always start with Delamir. He's just such an easy option. I've, I've maxed out his warband here, so I've gone six uh, corsairs with shield, six corsairs with spear, and six arbalesters. So I've gone for I've gone for a good amount of arbalesters there as my shooting. Don't worry about the bowmen now. Uh, it's it's a pretty standard layout for his warband. Band, to be honest. And then for Warband 2 for the Corsair section, I've gone for a Bosun with Crossbow. So he's my shooting hero. And I've gone for four Corsairs of Umbar with Shield, four Corsairs of Umbar with Spear, and then four Corsair Arbalesters. So that gives me 11 Arbalester shots, well, 11 Crossbow shots from six, uh, from 10 Arbalesters and a Bosun. So that's a pretty good amount of shooting, plus everyone else has got the throwing weapons, which is pretty handy. So I think all alone, that that's a pretty good force. But I'm adding in Mordor, because I feel that Mordor will be able to fight with some Corsairs. But unfortunately, they're only yellow allies, which I thought was weird. I thought that was really strange. So I had to go for a, a cheap Valor hero. Well, I could have gone for other Valor heroes. But as we talked about in our Mordor episode, Mordor is a little bit low on the Valor heroes other than the Wraith. So I've gone for the cheapest one I could find. I've gone for the Mouth of Sauron with Armored Horse. So a little bit of a hero. Does something different. Bit of cavalry. Uh, he's not my favorite choice, but he does the job. 
He's leading a maxed out 15 model warband, so he's gone for the cheapest warriors he can find. He's gone for an orc warrior with a shield and a banner, six orcs with shield, six orcs with spear, two orcs with two-handed weapons. So basically, just a warband of orcs, which are definitely a downgrade on the Corsairs, but I've gone for the mortal land ship itself, the great beast of Gorgoroth with... See, uh, the nine archers sitting on top in addition to my 11 crossbows. So I've gone for a pretty shoot-heavy uh, evil army, but also the ability to use this as a pivot. So they, the Corsairs running around the Great Beast seems like a scary option to me. Having it charging forward, doing a couple of hits, and then backed up by Corsairs and Delamere hiding around behind a Great Beast, attacking anyone that's going to try and take it out. I feel like it's fun. And look, I just like the Great Beast, so I just I just tried to sneak it in. <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. I, I think it works pretty well with the Corsairs. It's, it sort of gives you that uh, centerpiece thing that takes the focus off how much damage the rest of the army could potentially be doing. Mm. I, I, I find this really interesting. I thought, honestly, when you when you said you are going to do, like, a mortar Corsair, like, thing, I thought you were going to do something dumb like a catapult or, or like, <laughs> three siege bows or something like that but i'm really <laughs> pleased you went with like the great beast of gorgoroth because it adds it adds something the corsairs kind of not need but it adds a pivot point where you can kind of dance your corsairs from one side of the great beast to the other and the mouth of Sauron is has really good synergy with dalamine because he's got that transfix mm. and dalamine smoke bomb you can transfix over the top then go in with the smoke bomb, so you, you, you're knocking out Will that way. And so long as you have another spellcaster with Delamere, you can basically, what I like to call, enabling his smoke bombs because you use the other spellcaster, to, the spellcaster to knock out the Will points, and then Delamere just has free reign. They can just go into them every turn and go, smoke bomb, smoke bomb, smoke bomb. <laughs> it's funny, you're out of Will. Smoke bomb, smoke bomb. And that's pretty much the game plan. And I think it's, it's, it's cute. I like it. Yeah, look, I don't think it's a it's the optimal choice. I think a pure Corsair list will be a little bit more powerful, but I think it's got that that mobile terrain where the Great Beast essentially, like if you run it at say something that's really big, it can hold it up for long enough for your Corsairs to rip through and do everything else they want to do. And you can actually play a pretty strong like movement list with this one as well. Like yes, you've got the Corsair Arbalesters, but if you want to run forward with your, your throwing weapons behind the Arbalesters to give you that defense six, your Orcs hide behind that group, your Gorgoth Beast is running forward at full speed with the, the bows going and then hit them with throwing weapons. You can actually move pretty far. This is one of those armies that probably doesn't mind doing like a, a reconnoiter or something like that or a siege to take the camp or whatever whatever the scenarios are at the moment. So I feel like it's it's my way of playing it. I'm a big fan of the Beast of Gorgoroth. Yes, I was tempted to throw Kardush in as well because it seems like whenever I have a great beast, I've got Kardush, but I wanted to make the Corsairs a bit more of a focus. So I managed to squeeze that second warband of Corsairs in. It's worth pointing out, um, while this probably has the the least throwing weapons we've seen uh, amongst the armies, probably tying with my um, Arcanine army. Hey, hey, I think it's, well, well, it's around about the same amount. Is there about 20? 21, yeah, yeah. It's about 20. Oh, yeah, it's pretty yeah, low. Yeah, about 20. It, it does have actually quite a bit of uh, ranged offense compared to the rest of the list we've been writing. It's got those 10 Arbalesters. It's got the Corsair Bosom with the crossbow. And it's also got your nine shots from atop the Great Beast, which... There's nothing to sniff at. Like, they can take out they – can, they can kill some stuff. So 19 shots from range compared to uh, a lot of what we've been talking about is actually quite a bit and can actually outshoot a lot of armies, surprisingly. 
and you've got those layers of range. So you've got the crossbows with the longest range, and then you've got the the great beast with that that eighteen inch range that can go and pretty reliably take out horses from heroes. And then you've got the close range when they come up. So it's mm. if people run at you, you can do those layers of shooting, or if you need to go at them, you can hit them from far away, and then progressively as you move closer, hit them with closer things. So it's it's got some threat there. Of course, they're great because they provide this fight value that the orcs are missing. The great beast is really good because you can either play that hitting role with it, where it just tries to knock out a, a troop and just just line up a shot to get a whole bunch of troops. Or where it just runs into a hero turn after turn after turn and just holds them up and eventually whittles down the wounds. So that that's a good one. Whilst the, the bow's on top, it's got 59 models at, at 750, but 10 of them, or 9 of them, or whatever it is, 10 of them are on top of the Great Beast. So that's it's sort of functions more as a 50 model list, which I think is plenty at 750. You can definitely get a, get away with doing 50 models to 750 with an evil army, but the break test is up at the, the 59 models. Terra... You've got so much throwing weapons that if, if you're going against an all-terror army, I'm just going to attack them at range and let them come at me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah no, I what's the game plan right there? It's interesting because I think it's a really solid list. And then you compare it to some of the other stuff we've been talking about, and it's like, yes, this is a solid list, but, God, you love that backstabbers. You love that pure Corsairs. You love having all those yeah. numbers, don't you? It's funny, like... Almost got a different perspective on this writing in general, having written for Corsairs now, which I've never, <laughs> never written before. God, they're so good. Easy um, mode, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, I, I like your choice of Mouth of Sound. I, I like having the Great Beast in there. It just does a lot for that. It, you know, it actually adds something to the Corsairs, which is obviously what you're trying to do when you have allies. Yeah, solid list. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Kyla, you've got one left, don't you? I do. I do. Now... As if you will harken back your memories to about an hour ago, when we were talking about pirates and, and the pirate theme and you know pirates and water, and, and then we started to talk about giant tentacle monsters of Davy Jones and, and the Watcher in the Water, and I went, well, because that old video game, Battle for Middle Earth, where, where the Watcher did show up on the pirate levels with the Corsair, I reckon I could make this work. So, ladies and gentlemen, I went and made it work. I have got an 800-point list of Corsairs with a Watcher in the Water. No way. You guys are in for You guys are in for a treat. Not in the new rules. Not in the new rules. As as Jacob from Conquest Creations uh, has said, that list is whack. And, oh, man, it is is whack. All right. So in Warband number one, we have, of course, Delamere, the Fleet Master of Umbar. He is... Got eight Corsair warriors with, uh, sorry, Corsairs of Umbar with shield and spear. That's eight Corsairs of Umbar with shield and spear. He has eight Corsair Arbalesters in his warband as well. So a nice, big, juicy 16 models in his warband. So not nice there. Nice. Uh, in warband number two, we have a black Numenorian marshal, and he is on horse with lance. Now, I agree with you, Maddie. I don't mind my beast stick on horse. Sometimes you just need something that can run in, kill four models, and then call the day is done. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, in his warband, he has seven black Numenorians, one black Numenorian with banner, and one black Numenorian with warhorn. He also has three Corsairs of Umbar with shield and spear, just to, you know, add a couple of extra spear supports to the black Numenorians. Then we come to our Moria warbands. Now we have to have someone to babysit our lovely Watcher in the Warbe- Water. So we have Durbers, the Goblin King of Moria, 
for Warband number three, and he is leading five Moria Goblin Prowlers. These these are basically in place of the backstabbers that I just lost from allying with Moria. So we still have a couple of guys with backstabbers and some two-handed weapons in there, so we still have the damage potential if we need it. I had five points left over at the end of the end of the list writing experience, so I, I also has his patent-pending Moria Goblin Warrior Spear Support that follows him around for the entire game. So just one little Warrior Goblin with Spear. And finally, in Warband number four, we have the Watcher in the Water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's scary. That's scary. Like, if anything, the, the course says, we, we thought this was over. When the Allies came in, this is one of the armies that I thought, maybe this is gone. Maybe this is not coming back. But you're bringing it back. And a part of that's because Derbis is quite affordable and quite low cost. Prowlers, mm. just let go of the backstabbers, Kylie. Come on, just let it go. Well, I needed something that would, you know, complement the throwing weapons. And I went, well, there's Prowlers there. <laughs> Why the hell not? Let's chuck in the two Prowlers. Obviously, for those of you listening out there, you can easily swap out the Prowlers for some either some Black Shields with Spear, uh, just some regular Goblin Warriors with Spear and Shield, whatever floats your boat, whatever tickles your fancy. You can you can muck around with the Durbez Warband as you see fit. He has a bit of points to play with, but the beauty of having Durbez in this list means that you don't need uh, Delgamar or any of the big three might heroes. He adds some much needed might to the list, which is very 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 welcome for the Corsairs, especially when you only got the single point of might with the Watcher in the water. Yep. Now I take it that horn you've got in there on your Black Numenor, and is that for Watcher insurance when you actually break? Yes, it actually does provide a purpose for this list. It is is actually quite heavy. You can drop the horn if you're feeling risque and, you know, grab another, what is it, three uh, Black Numenorians in there, which would up your model count a little bit more. Uh, Actually, you can only fit in two more. So you can add an extra couple, two Black Numenorians if you wanted it. You can. It's up to you. Personal preference. There's a bit of wiggle room in there if, if you want it. But what the other synergy that I would also like to point out that I don't think we've noticed yet, the Watcher in the Water has Hardbringer of Evil. Mm. Those Black Numenorians are going to be very hard to charge. And when you have a Corsair Arbalist uh, uh, shooting line as well on top of that, with the threat of a Watcher dropping down from out of nowhere, or oh, you can do some shenanigans with this list. So, Kylie, can I just, just ask this uh, Watcher question? Because it's been a while since I've fought against the Watcher. You choose as the Watcher player when you start rolling the reinforcement roll to see if it turns yes. up. Okay, so yes, you can hold but... it back. You can shoot your, your Arbalesters. You can make them run at you, and then you can just bring it on right behind them um, as they're coming at you, or bring it on behind your Arbalesters and do that tentacle thing where you grab a model and pull it behind the lines. Yeah, and it's, it's all about the tentacle thing, like this list. It's all about, you know, having the Watcher, you know, either deep strike behind your lives, pulling guys over into combat with a Dalamere who's then just going to go, hello, and then proceed to shank them with his uh, poison weapons and hit them with smoke bombs to the face. So there's a lot of fun little shenanigans and tricks you can do with this list. And, you know, Watching the Water is also uh, Siege Weapon Insurance, so you don't have to really worry about them too much either. So... All in all, I think this is going to be a very fun list. Bit of a gimmick list, if I'm being completely honest, but a fun list nonetheless. It gives you some conversion opportunities as well. I'm really not sure what you do with those goblins, although they they do have that sort of fish-type armor, so maybe you can pirate them up a little bit. But, yeah, I think it does get some... Like, it'll look quite dynamic. There's a lot of choices there and a lot of options to do, and definitely more so than most uh, Corsair armies. 
Yeah, I'm def- I'm definitely feeling like the the Davy Jones locker type feel, like you know, having the flying Dutchman and then the Kraken like underneath it or something like that. There's 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 some fun stuff that some key like some really top notch conversion and like painting specialists out there could do with this list to create something that looks fun and unique uh, with with the models available. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is eight hundred, wasn't it, Kylie? Yes, this is 800 points. Yep, yep. So it's a big army, but... And how many models did you end up with? Oh, that is a very good question. Let me just bring up my handy-dandy army builder, and I <laughs> will just have a quick look-see. Like it's about 40? Uh, we are sitting at 38. 38 models for 800. Yep. So that's... For an elite army, right. Yeah, that's good. That's about good. right. For a 200-point model in there, in there as well, that's, that's about what you would hope for. Yeah, yeah look, I, I love the Watcher in the Water. I'd take him in any list, and uh, I, I think, yeah, there's definitely some potential with this, sure. Yeah, plus the, the Terror on the Black Numbs as well is going to be super, 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 super scary. Like, that that is just that extra synergy as well, because you're only going to bring the Watcher down once your Black Numbs are getting close to being in combat anyway. So that's, that is when you would want to be turning on the Terror. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of little funky things you can do with that. The Prowler still can help you get the traps and, and actually get the kills and stuff. And, you know, you've got five strikes if you need it. Yeah, that's pretty handy. And you've also got that that sort of whatever it is, about approximately 20 or just under throwing weapons and, and the Watcher's Tentacles as well. So you've got that, that famous Corsair, like, short-range attacks as well but in addition you've got the what is it eight arbalesters so that's that's a pretty nice mm. gun line as well enough to make people maybe consider coming at you instead of standing back yeah yeah but yeah that's 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 the spice i bring to the green dragon to end <laughs> the episode on oh I mean, that list is dank 100 <laughs> percent certified dank that's what we love to hear all right i i think that's gonna wrap up the podcast guys i think that's it yeah I uh, think we so. really there's been, you know, uh, lots of ups and downs in this podcast, I think. Oh, let's be honest. It was mostly ups. It mostly was mostly ups. ups. I, I feel like I've learned a lot, like, just about list writing from writing with these guys and uh, looking at it from a different perspective. Uh, man, one, one thing that we didn't mention too much was, like, coming up against Blinding Light and Pall of Darkness, but... um, I think it's pretty know. self-explanatory. Like, honestly, I, I have come up against those kind of lists with Corsairs. They don't actually mind it too much because then you just switch off to a a combat play style like you just you just fan out try and get traps and surrounds and try to activate your backstabs that way and even still okay sure you can't do your throwing weapon in the combat trick very effectively anymore so it's pretty much not worth doing who cares let's just play all the other five thousand million tricks the corsairs have up their sleeves Hell, one of the cool things that we also didn't talk about is if you're up against Blinding Light with someone with pretty lethal shooting, you stick all your Arbalesters in a long, thin line at the front and use them as a shield for all your squishy Arbal- Corsairs in the back and then use your Defense 6 and just run and march at it in that way. That's it. Run in, do the work with the heroes instead and, and get it done, you know? It, it's mm-hmm. the kind of list where I, I would feel pretty comfortable coming up against just about anything. Yeah, I, I have felt comfortable coming up about just about anything. Honestly, there hasn't been an army that I've come up against with this list that I've gone, I can't beat that. Because because of the way they deal with enemy heroes being so unique and so different to be able to deal with, that if your opponent is going for this weird, wacky combo to 
to counter you, they've probably sacrificed enough in every other aspect of their army that you can beat that combo just by playing out a normal, normal ass, normal game. Just playing front to back with, you know, Hasherans and, and, and Black Numenorians and Reavers at the front. Yeah, the only thing that used to scare me when I played Corsairs a bit was the throwing weapon heavy Rohan Cav lists because sometimes they could get the jump on me before I could. They could mitigate my throwing weapons. They could sort of move around some arbalesters and things don't get ideal shots. And then when, to, when they got into combat, they often had high enough fight value that they ripped through me pretty quickly. And I'm actually a little bit more scared now that you can get the Fight 5 uh, Royal Guard charge off with the um with Thaden's friends. So I think mm. that could cause them a bit of problems, but I think you just have to play new normal cavalry tactics where you use the terrain to your advantage, you set up some lanes, you shoot horses out where you can, you make it so only a couple of the horses can get into combat and then you throw everything into them and throw a combat mm. off them and see what you get get done. I've That's actually it. got a strategy for dealing with cavalry like that as well. It's called the picket line. And it's it's going to be very hard to explain. But when Lockie eventually, from Zopazop, eventually gets around to it, I played against all-mounted uh, Rivendell Knights against Joshi in the final. And I used this, this kind of strategy or trick against him. And it worked out pretty damn well. I was able to knock out enough horses early on to, to be able to have enough momentum going into the mid and the late game to be able to secure the win. So you can do a thing where you like you space out your models so that there's not a big enough gap for your cavalry to run through a big enough gap for an infantry to run through. And then you basically use your arbalesters as a static uh, archer base and you pivot around the archer base because mm. if your opponent's coming in, he's going to engage in them. Awesome. They engage in them. You hit them with the heroes. You knock out as many horses as you can. Or And if they don't, then your arbalesters peg shots at strength four, which horses don't like to deal with because it's strength four archery against defense four horses. You have 25% chance to kill them. That's it. That's it. Mm. Yeah, um, just just to clarify, um, you, you did an interview with Lucky about that list, didn't you? And mm. uh, that that hasn't come up quite yet on his channel, but uh, I mean, it might even be up by the time this podcast comes. I'm out. I'm not sure. Know. I have I have a feeling he's going to save it as um, like a, to try and advertise when he next runs the event and just uh, try and yeah, get people excited it. about it. That's Lucky style. Yeah, that, that that sounds like lucky. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, it, when it comes out, we'll, we'll we'll point you. We'll put a link in the thing, and we'll we'll, we'll sure. be able to get to it. But yeah, it's there are ways to deal with it, but you have to be very clever, and you have to be willing to use terrain and accept losses uh, when they happen. Yeah, we, we can we can talk about that when we're using a cav army as well. When we go into Rivendell Knights or we go into to Rohan, I don't think we've done Rohan for a while. It's something like that. We'll definitely bring it up because I feel like that's we need a fair bit of time to go into that sort of tactic because mm. it's a little bit a little bit tricky to explain at the very end of a podcast when people have tuned out because we said we're finishing up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, I'm surprised. Surprisingly, surprisingly, that is one of the few situations where Corsair warriors with bow coming in really handy is against. All cab armies. I'll just say that. Anyway, we're done. We're done. That's it. We're, we're done. done. That's the course. Please do uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know uh, how how you think the podcast could be improved because we're always looking for different ways to, um, you know, add some different stuff, talk about different things. And uh, thank you all for listening. And please remember, perhaps in games. Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. 
the Green Dragon Podcast discusses tabletop wargaming using the Middle Earth strategy battle game rules for Games Workshop. We have no affiliation with Games Workshop, Warner Brothers, New Line, Tolkien Enterprise, or anyone else involved in Tolkien's universe. We're on our own. Thank you to our patrons for your support. You can become a patron at www.patreon.com slash Podcast. You can contact us via our Facebook page at The Green Dragon Podcast or on our email, thegreendragonpodcasts at gmail.com. Not so sure about that plural. This podcast is for entertainment, so please take it that way. Farewell, listener. The road goes ever on and on.